What's going on, drinking buddies? Brand new episode coming right at you. But real quick, I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy as possible. You know, wild times we're living in. This is a, a good example of may you live in interesting times being a curse. Before we get on with this week's amazing podcast, just a quick word from our sponsors. You know, those fine people that are helping me keep a roof over my fucking head right now. This week, we are brought to you by the video versions of a Now I Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo On Demand for 99 cents an episode. Or for $6.99 a month, you get unlimited episodes streaming in full HD. See the madness, see the facial expressions, see the occasional nudity, and support me directly. I appreciate the fuck out of you. I appreciate the fuck out of you, you know, listening every week. Oh, and I also for, always forget to mention, the videos are completely ad-free. We get right into the nitty-gritty. It's just right into the show. So check those out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you by me being a Twitch streamer. If you have Amazon Prime or you're into video games, do me a solid. Check me out on Twitch. Throw me a subscription. Costs you 5 bucks a month or nothing if you have Amazon Prime. And it throws a little money my way. Twitch streaming a bunch of times during the week, playing some video games, interacting with people, doing an occasional live show on Twitch. So check that out at twitch.tv slash Slayer. That's twitch.tv slash Slayer. Appreciate the support, guys. I really do. And we are also brought to you this week by one of our old school sponsors. We are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, Every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please, and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packed with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Been talking about Vinyl Me Please forever. And if you can afford it, there is no better time to just relax with some awesome tunes. So join... It's not like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month. No strings attached. Cancel any time. Get some rad vinyl. Discover some new music. And try to relax in these trying times. If you're playing the trying times game, take a shot. So join today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. My guest this week is returning guest, author Robert Dean. and. Producer Pedro Lucero. We talk about gaming, sports, of course, the pandemic, their upcoming projects like Out of Step and some other projects Pedro was working on. It was a super fun episode. It was good kicking back with my friends, just kind of having a hang on air. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. Okay. <laughs> okay. We are recording. Uh, 
Uh, let me. Do you have knives online? <laughs> can't drink. My no, you can't drink. This is just, this is my letter opener, man. I'm Latino, bro. You know I got more knives. Get out of here with that. All right. Too. So, hold on. Did you just say Allah? I did. I did just say Allah. No, we're, we're this alive. Shit, this shit just went weird. Oh, it will only get weirder from here, my friend. Just be glad I'm not there to punch you. Oh, uh, is it going to be that kind of party? <laughs> No, it's tequila, not Jack. <coughs> All right. We are live on Twitch. We are recording. We're going to make a fucking shit show drunk out of this. I don't know if this is going to get my Twitch account banned. Who cares? Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> Let God sort it out. Oh, did I mention oh. I don't believe in God? What? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I said, Let God sort it out, and then went, hey, wait, I don't even believe in God. So, well, there you go. How are you, believe gentlemen? In taxes? What? I believe in taxes. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I'm af- I'm afraid, afraid of what my taxes are going to look like next year. So, is this one of those cool shows where you did a bunch of research about me before you interview me, or you just don't give a shit? Zero, zero. I meant That's to. Awesome. <laughs> I meant to do a bunch of fucking research before, and then I woke up at one p.m. today, so almost two. <laughs> I think. I think I got up at 2.30 today. Yeah, same here. But I started cooking as soon as I got up. Good times. I made I made dinner last night, and then uh, me and Preston started drinking. And then next thing I know, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and we're arguing about capitalism. That's what like my life has become. <laughs> <laughs> you and your wife arguing about shit all the time? Yeah. Aren't you supposed to do like some kind of formal show introduction? I mean, normally I do that shit in post. I do a, like a whole like, and today I'm joined by author Robert Dean and producer extraordinaire Pedro Lucero and all that fun shit. But you know, I fucking I'm just going willy nilly with this shit and opening the goddamn Willet. Where the fuck did willy nilly come from, by the way? I have no fucking idea. I mean, we I can go, we can go and figure out where the fuck that came from. That's the majority yeah, sure. of my conversations is figuring out where certain sayings come from. <laughs> I, I know a, I know a couple of them. Do you know where the whole nine yards comes from? Golf? No. No. Isn't that football? No. No? What is that? World War II. It's the guns uh, was they would use nine yards of bullets when uh, on a Gatling gun. So when they would say it, they'd go oh. the whole nine yards on something. Holy shit. That, that's bad. That's, cool. that's actually pretty that's badass. There's your useless fact for the day, gentlemen. Yeah, I like that useless fact. I'll actually use it now because when I thought it was golf related, I'm like, you're playing half a game of golf. The more you know. No, it's about a, uh, it's about bullets and a gun. Well, my uh, old school fucking uh, uncle who fought in World War II, he went to join. I think he was 16 when he was in World War II. I'm 16 and barely fucking affording. My, to live in my mom's house, and he's out there on a fucking Navy ship getting his chest tattooed. <laughs> Did he volunteer? Fucking hardcore, man. I think he was like, oh, you think he volunteered. I mean, it's different times, man. We're all pussies now, but those dudes are fucking 16 running off to fight the good fight over 
I think I don't remember. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but uh, I know that he was over there and shit. And the, um, he's got a couple of tattoos. When I started getting covered, and uh, my one uncle, when he was still alive, was like, "Why are you doing that?" But then, like my uncle Tom, he's got like you know one of those old school. He got a couple of the sailor tats on him from like from like fucking the Fiji Islands and shit. And uh, he was like, "That shit's cool." And I'm like, "Wow." Never t- tell me tell me anything like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my grandfather volunteered too, uh, and he had some wild stories. Especially when he got older and stopped giving a fuck. He's like in front of my grandmother, like, yeah, one day you know I met a girl and she was all like, well, I won't sleep with you unless we're getting married. And he's like, baby, yo, I'm gonna marry you, but I'm shipping out tomorrow. And apparently, you know, she gave it up, and then he turned out he actually was shipping out tomorrow. Like, oh, oops, <laughs> whoops, oops. Those are cool war stories, guys. I'm I'm first generation. I wouldn't know anything about it. Well, the the other good war story about my grandfather was he was a bomber gunner, and he was shot down over Russia while they were our allies, and he was held as a POW. Not exact, not a POW, but he was held in Russia. Wow. And he came back with a, apparently a duffel bag full of rubles, and he was hustling his guards at cards every night. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, my, uh, my grandpa was in – my other – my grandpa was in World War II, and we didn't find out. Like, he was – we knew he was there, but he was, like, that, that old school that they didn't talk about shit. And we found out like, after he died about, like, how much of a fucking badass he was in, like, the jungles of the Philippines – and everything and uh but if you could you there's a bunch of books you can read now that like they kind of lifted the veil on because we grew up with that perception of world war ii of like the the greatest generation and like you see all the like respectful things but now there's like all these books about like fucking people collecting heads and shit and like sending home the souvenirs and all this stuff my friend uh up in chicago he's got his grandpa's, he's got like a Japanese sword and he's got a, a Nazi armband. And um, yeah, they would just fucking mail it, man. Like just straight up package it in the mail and send it off. And like it was full blown like a samurai sword and stuff. That's so wild. Yeah, that's crazy as fuck. I mean, there well, was. Dude- I mean, and that's how you get all those weird memorabilia in like in the middle of nowhere fucking Kansas. Because all you know, all yeah. those, everybody that was in that lived in those areas, they would get all that shit mailed back to them, and it would sit in the attics and shit. Because people knew nobody knew how much they were worth, obviously. But yeah, there's like this huge all of Middle America where you, you just like the treasure hunting thing is crazy, out of control, and it's always war memorabilia. Yeah, you know what I fucking hate about. I mean, I, I, the internet is such a blessing and a curse because we can do cool shit like this. And I have like met a lot of really good friends through social media, like people I consider best friends at this point, thanks to like the medium. But yeah, I feel like that. I, I hate. I, I, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, please support I the cam girls. Feel like we're best friends, man. <laughs> I make her only fans jingle. Um, but I. I, I think I always feel like the old guy in the room that I hate that everything is on the fucking internet, man. I do. I hate it because 
I liked the I like when like you still go record shopping or going looking for a book and you find that thing that you were looking for. And I think the mystery of finding a cool knickknack or like stumbling across some kind of weird fucking sword at like a pawn shop in the middle of Kansas, the romance to that is gone because that dude watches Pawn Stars now and he yeah. you don't know what you have and you like those gems just don't exist. It's some dickhead want trying to pay off his house loan because some other dickhead wants to buy it. Yeah. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. There you go. Capitalism is fucking, is bullshit and it's broken. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with you. That I, was the, that was, is that your battle cry, Ma? That, that limp wrist you threw up in there like that? Well, that's it, 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 it's like this. It, <laughs> Look, don't get me, st- don't get me started, man. I'll go on a fucking rant about, uh, capitalism being broken and all kinds of shit i'll bring back the fucking gulags man i'm ready for the guillotines and everything kill all these motherfuckers dude well, settle down because i have no idea what this show is about and i'm on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, show is, this show is about you I, my friend I am half a bottle of tequila because you the, the show is called and now we drink so i'm like oh it's fine then this is good so what's going on <laughs> <laughs> well actually i was just about to ask you that pedro what is going on with you how is your quarantine going? Uh, I have to say it's it's actually going good. Uh, I uh, I don't I don't know if it's just my my frame of mind in general. Uh, you know, very Buddhist approach to a lot of things, or that I have my family right like directly next door to me. So uh, you know, it's not like I'm by myself. You know, how like your extended family or who all's next door? Yeah, like my my sister has the house, the main house. I have a house in the back, and then my mom lives with them and takes care of the kids. So yeah, my my immediate family is literally like right next door. Nice, nice. That definitely makes it easier. I'd say that has that definitely has a lot to do with it. Plus, uh, you know, Bob and I, Bob and I talk about, uh, you know. Our, our little beliefs in Buddhism and, and how we're just trying to make ourselves better people because we are shitbags. <laughs> no. We are all garbage people, man. We really are. That's that's fair assessment. I, yeah, it's like, I, I, I have to say that besides the, the, the insane amount of anxiety I would be experiencing because I don't know where my next job is, I'm kind of, I kind of got over that in the first week, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, not necessarily like, Oh, we're all in this together. Cause we're not, fuck. No, we're not, you know, it, it, it but in the sense of like, what, what, have, what's going to be the outcome for me is how I kind of approached it. And how is that going to change me as a person? Like screw career. Like I can go, I'll go, I'll do whatever. I'll go find a sales job selling cell phones or some shit. I don't, I don't care, you know, but bottom line is, is it going to change me as a person? And I've already been going through a lot of changes in the past few years and I think it's good, you know? So yeah, my quarantine has been okay, you know, and then we have a big enough, uh, we have a big enough property here where I'm left alone and families left alone when they need to be alone. And so you can spend that time with those cam girls you're supporting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing you want is the family walking in on that shit. No, they would never do that. They were no, not at all. I mean, they might do it once and then never again. 
you can't see, but maybe you can see in the reflection of my glasses here, there's multiple monitors. So are you, like, watching multiple cam girls at the same time? Well, so <laughs> I, I guess this is live. <laughs> I, could, I, could say, I could say what's really going on. Uh, so I jokingly on Facebook posted when the quarantine started because I have a uh, we had Bobby and I have a lot of bartender friends and some of the girls were like I guess I'll start doing cam work and I'm like I, I immediately figured out a niche but I was also very sarcastic and, and, and like I was laughing I was like hey y'all need help setting up cameras and lighting I can make sure you at least make more money than most girls and I got like five calls immediately so these girls on a regular they'll hit me up and be like yo can you come on and see if I did this right? I mean, at this point, there is no resetting cameras and lights. They just want me to come and watch them. And it's it's kind of funny to me because I'm like literally having conversations with five different girls at one time. And I'm just I'm laughing my ass off half the time. Most of the time, I'm extremely high at the same, you know, and I'm just like, hey, that's great. Why is there Hello Kitty next to your dildo that's inappropriate you know like <laughs> it just and bobby knows my sense of humor and most of the time i'm just like i really don't give a fuck but at the same time it's it's entertaining to me and it just that's kind of what it's become you know where i'm just like most of the during the day i'm, I'm like brushing up on editing skills because that's the one spot i am not as good as i'd like to be considering i'm in the film industry but it's uh like I spend most of my day, you know, learning that, figuring out what I'm going to eat, and, you know, listening to a lot of music. What are you listening to? I am, uh, I think I've, I've, if you can burn the grooves in a Spotify, I think I've burned the grooves in uh, Mike D's playlist from his book right now. Nice. What else on that? Is it a lot a of... Really eclectic, a really eclectic. Uh, besides that, I mean, I listen to a lot of my monk chanting and, and, you know, stuff like that during the day, but mostly in the afternoons and evenings, I'm, I'm tearing it up. Listening to a lot of old classic punk as well. Nice. So, Senor Dean, yeah. what are you listening to? Um, let me think. I'm listening to the new Pokey Lafarge record. Uh, I was listening to a lot of the new Pokey. Um, what else was I listening to? Lucero was in heavy rotation this week. Social Distortion, a lot of, pretty much my taste in music bounce between hardcore, lots of hip-hop, country music. Like, those three things are what go back and forth. So, like, I was listening to Big L, Mob Deep, uh, Tribe Call Quest, EPMD, um, Notorious B.I.G. a little bit, uh, Leaders of the New School, KRS-One. That's pretty much, like, where I've been lately. And then when I swing back into hardcore, it was, like, a lot of, Chromags, um, Snapcase, Earth Crisis, um, Judge. What else was I hitting up this week? We were listening to Botch, Vision of Disorder, Candiria, Poison the Well. I was on all that last night when we were hanging out drinking. But then, like I said, I'll hit a mood, and then I'll be back into punk, and I'll be back into like country music. So it really just bounces between the four those like four genres all the time. But I'm probably like about due for more blues again, but. Like Dude, I, said, I meant a lot to, of old I meant to ask you, um, Bobby. I meant to ask you last week. Did you watch the Willie Nelson thing? The which one? Fly from Luck or the Come and Toke It? Uh, the four twenty one. The Come and Toke It. No, I didn't watch that, but I did watch the Luck reunion. The Luck reunion was good. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. 
it's just like I said, it depends on the day really for me about like with music and what I'm listening to and stuff. But around here, uh, I live with somebody who has more music than anybody can comprehend. So there's always something going on and new, like we were listening to Irma Thomas earlier as we were eating fucking Greek food. So <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Nice. Small, small we, we had put it on small shout out to a friend of ours, uh, mom who passed away. That was real tight with Irma Thomas. So fucking giving a couple of minutes of love out to her in the universe. That's right on. Times in quarantine or uh, times in quarantine are fucking weird, man. Yeah. Matt, what are you listening to right now? A whole lot of nothing. I have literally just been like, when I'm not editing, I'm watching movies or I'm streaming video games. I haven't had a moment to just sit back and listen to music. It's probably been bad for my mental health. I probably should do. The weirdest shit is, let me just tell you, when you're in the car with Matt and his fucking iPod comes on, (laughs) it's like, it's like playing Russian roulette. It's the weirdest shit. Like the we like you could be like yeah you got a really eclectic taste in music I get that no bro it's something totally different we'll be in the car and we'll, we're we're cr- we're cruising through the streets of Los Angeles and he'll be like Motorhead and then the next minute it'll be like strung out you're like cool this is totally in my wheelhouse the next minute it's like Engelbert Humperdinck nice <laughs> what did uh, fucking Copacabana come on at one point yeah we we were driving around and co- I was like what. We're driving through fucking like Century City or something, and I look at him. I'm like, Barry Manilow. To Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> like it just came out on shuffle, shuffle, man. Uh, nice. Nothing wrong with that, man. Always yeah. fucking. Let's see. Nothing wrong with that. If only, I were to like, only time, only time I'll judge is if you're listening to Creed or the Eagles. Yeah, I fucking hate the Eagles, man. All right, holy down, shit. The Bob, only, I wasn't. That wasn't directed towards you. Calm down. So I just hit shuffle. Yo, on, the I, old, I just hit shuffle on my iPod. It went from Snoop Dogg to the Used to the Four Tops, Stacy DC to Skeleton Witch to Sabbath to Black Label to Lana Del Rey to System of a Down to Alkaline Trio to Probot to some EDM DJ to Annie Lennox and so on and so forth. That is just a random good, shuffle. That's a good. That's a good. There's mix. some good ones in there. Oh yeah, no, I'm not, I don't have horrible taste in music. I just have a wide taste in music. Yeah, I love Lana Del Rey. I was I think turn- all of her music sounds like. Uh, I think Lana Del Rey's music sounds like murder scenes in uh, the Los Angeles, the Hollywood, the Hollywood Hills. Oh, every time I watch or listen to Lana Del Rey, I'm like, I could just imagine it like being in a movie, just being part of a soundtrack to a movie. Almost every song. Yeah. And I was turned on to it by yeah. a performer I was involved with at one point who sadly is now dead. So, like, every time I listen to it, I now think of that dead girl. Yay. <laughs> Lana Del Rey is definitely, uh, she is my celebrity crush. I love her. Well, good really? thing you're singing on the internet. She's oh, well, I don't give a shit. No, I'm, I'm just saying we should try to make, to make this shit happen. Oh, well, yeah. But yeah, I think she's gorgeous. Oh wait, and, uh, oh that's right, we're live. I'm in love with Aubrey Plaza. Let's make that happen. Did you did you hear about Aubrey Plaza's new cartoon? No, I don't care. I don't care. Well, support the woman's <laughs> art. Uh, so, support uh, the woman's uh, art if you want to. You know, in love with her. Jesus, come on. No, th- all right, fair, so, fair enough. I just want to touch her, touch her naughty bits with consent. Of course. <laughs> her new cartoon 
is uh, the dude who created Justin Roiland, who created uh, Rick and Morty. It's he created it. It's about a woman who has uh, has a baby with the devil, and the devil is Danny DeVito. And it's like he's trying to get the baby into custody. So it's uh, Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito as a woman and the devil trying to get fucking custody of their kid or sharing custody and like what, what it's is like. It? To is this on it, like an Adult Swim? I don't know. It just got greenlit. I read it today in the uh, it oh, it's up not on the internet. God damn you, Justin oh, Roiland. No. Work on Rick and Morty. Stop doing other projects. Yeah. He's I, been uh, trying to get away. Bought, He's been trying to get away. Well, there's some new. Well, no, there's some the new show on Hulu that's dropping that he obviously worked on as well. I haven't seen anything about it except an ad that popped up in the animation style. I was like, oh, that was definitely drawn by the Rick and Morty people. Oh, Solar Opposites. Yep. Yep. And then there's the one no, by the guy, eventually from, the guy with uh, from Adventure Time did the one on Netflix right now too. So yeah, I mean that's something. It's it's funny you say that because I, I actually just had this conversation with my animator on one of the shows I'm working on. It's gonna be a big. You're you're gonna have to get used to CGI and, and animation. Oh, I love anim- it, I love animation. So much, is, so much is gonna have to go in that direction. With that, you know, just the way things are going. Oh, for sure. Bobby, you were about to say? No, don't be surprised if Rick and Morty doesn't last very long. Because, you like, the guy, one of the... Because it's Dan Harmon and then Justin Roiland are the two guys behind Rick and Morty. But, like, there was a third dude that really pushed everything for that show. He passed away, like, a couple of months ago. And I know it, like, was really? a serious... Yeah. one oh, of the, wow. It was, like, a third guy that was involved in the show process. And he died. It was the main producer. And I know that from like reading things, they were saying that like trying to restart that universe is really hard because he was like a big part of what they created. And so, I mean, I watched half of season four fucking shit faced the other day. And so I don't (laughs) even remember it. I need to watch it. I bought it drunk out of my fucking mind uh, on the couch the other morning. And I like I literally was smashed at like 5 a.m. watching it. And so I need to like go back and actually watch it with like so I can get the jokes. But um, I wouldn't be surprised because they signed a crazy deal with uh, Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's like 75 episodes. Like they, yeah. Yeah. Something huge. And so, I mean, I'm not saying that they won't get there, but I can probably say that I bet you that they find ways to do other projects and to put other things in the mix to like lessen the blow of how they're going to have to come up with that. I just Dude, hope I they don't... don't care. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I don't, care if it's, I don't care if it's fucking stick figures. As long as those writers are still doing shit, I'm happy. Me too. But I also because hope that, that... I mean, but hands down, it's all about the writing, man. Like, those shows... That Rick and Morty is some of the most crazy and insightful writing I've seen in a long time in any animated show. 100%. Hell... I'm upset that it took me so long to get into Rick and Morty because, one, the title doesn't really capture, like, oh, Rick and Morty, unless you know what it is. The title isn't, like, jump out at you, check this out. And the animation style in the grand scheme of things isn't amazing. Well, you have to keep in mind, too, the way, from what I understand, the way it originally got chopped was very much along the lines of uh, backing your MTV animation, you know, the, the whole Ren and Stimpy. Like, nobody knew what the hell it was. It was very underground. And then when people caught eye, they were like, holy shit, we want more. And that's basically what happened with Rick Morty. Yeah, Rick the, Morty was 
obviously a spoof on Back to the Future. Right. I mean, that's what it started off. It started off as well, the, Doc and Morty as the, the original cartoon right. shorts. Or Doc right, and right. Marty. Sorry. Doc and Marty. Yeah, because Justin Roiland, he, he used to have a bunch of... Uh, shout out to my boy Matt Fogarty out in New Orleans, the singer of Orifist. If you're a metalhead, listen to Orifist. Um, but he he turned me on to... Like years ago, I'd say 13 years ago, we were watching... Justin Roiland cartoons on the internet. He turned me onto this show called House of Cosby's and Practical oh, yeah. Use of Swords, all these weird fucking cartoons. And then apparently Dan Harmon saw all that and then wanted to hook up with him. But it, the, the Doc and Morty for sure is how it started. But yeah. they it started off uh, Justin Roiland's weird fucking cartoons. For and Dan Harmon, when actually. they did the original. Huh? Dan Harmon had a either it was a web series or a website or. Some platform and Harmon started Doc and Marty on on Harmon's platform. That's how those two connected. This is the backstory? Oh, okay. A little. We're. we're uh, I mean, <laughs> we're getting deep hey, into other diving, people's art we're here. Deep for these. Hey, hey we're guys, diving deep for hey. these motherfuckers tonight. Hey, what the fuck is this podcast really about? Well, normally it's about just this? getting drunk and talking shit about sex and. <laughs> But it goes wherever the fuck it goes sometimes. And if we want to talk about weird cartoons, we're going to talk about weird cartoons. Fair. I'm all down, dude. I'm all down. Because I love some weird cartoons. I love Liquid Television. I love the 90s MTV cartoons. The fact that that shit made it onto primetime television is unreal. Unimaginable these days. Oh, yeah. No doubt. They tried to do that. What's that? They've tried a couple of different... A couple of networks have tried to do that shit in terms of... uh, TV shows Fox did it for like a couple episodes back when right around the boom of uh let's say like nine years ago they tried to do a um an animation show that was a bunch of shorts because uh Seth MacFarlane had something to do with it but I mean Cartoon Network's pretty pretty fucking wild and out there yeah but I feel in the grand scheme of things like Adult Swim and Cartoon Network are still a bit of an outlier of a fucking network. It's not MTV, especially MTV in the fucking 90s where it's like, am motherfucking TV. You know, MTV, especially at that point, was such a part of the cultural zeitgeist. You know, they were fucking tastemakers on music because they actually played fucking music videos at that point. So exposing people to... I wrote that article for... <laughs> I remember I wrote that article for Consequence of Sound. Yeah, I might be like you know quoting you a little bit. It may, it may have been, yeah, it may yeah. have been, you know, it may have been. So, but the fact that we know, it may, it's crazy to think. Like, did you guys ever watch the Max? Yes, oh, of course. Right. Well, I read it before I even watched it. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy as hell. And to think that that got primetime fucking a show yeah. that is about a was that Cinemax that did the Max? No, no, it was on MTV. No, it was MTV. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. And Spawn was on uh, HBO, HBO. which was also done very well. So there, side note, since we're being nerds, did y'all hear that Disney's trying to pick up Spawn and include him in the Marvel Universe? Huh? That's an image comic. Yeah, they're going to fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up. Yeah, I'm... They realize that there's a huge calling for it. Typical Disney move. Yeah, but that's not even the same universe. Spawn, I... I'm not a comic book nerd at all, but what I do know about comics is Spawn is dark as fuck. Oh, oh it, yeah. Spawn is dark as fuck. And the whole point of Spawn in the origi- originally, Todd McFarlane eventually moved away from this shit, was 
Spawn, every issue had a, ta- a countdown timer. The character was meant to die when they yeah. originally introduced it. When that timer hit zero in the comics, the character was supposed to go back to hell. He was on a limited lease. Unfortunately, commercial success, Todd McFarlane kind of erased that right. shit. Right. But that was Todd such a cool McFarlane. concept. The idea of like your main protagonist has a limited run from the jump was such a cool concept to start with. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Spawn, before he was Spawn, was an African-American character, which is also very cool, because there weren't, especially in that point in the 90s, weren't that many prominent... There weren't, at, yeah. And especially that weren't, didn't have Black in their name, like Black Panther, or, you know, uh, so many... Jones! Yeah. So many African-American superhero characters are like, oh, I gotta let you know I'm Black! Yeah. I don't know if my white ass should be the one saying that, but yeah, too late. I'm I'm part black. You're cool. Oh, right, cool. <laughs> Got my pass on signing off on that one. I mean, it's a quarter. It's a quarter pass. So I don't I don't know. What... <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get here live on the internet. But Spawn was such an amazing character because it was dark. Like the whole concept and was a dark fucking character, and not for kids at all. No, not at all. I've never, I've never, I've never read a Spawn comic. But I've seen them. I've never read one, and uh, but I liked the TV show, the cartoon. I mean, the cartoon was very, very true to the comic. I'm yeah. not anti-comic. I have friends that like are like because you fucking hate comics. I'm like, no, dude, I don't hate comics at all. If you give me a graphic novel, I'll read the fuck out of it. It's just I can't read something that's so what is serialized. your what, how do you, what how do you explain the difference between a comic and a and a graphic novel what is your interpretation of that bob well for me a comic is a chunk of the story the graphic novels the whole story i can get the whole timeline and i or i can get the the full picture i don't like that's the reason why i don't like comic books is i don't like getting a little chunk of something i want the whole story you do, you don't so want a serialized do, story is what you're saying. No, I want the whole fucking thing. That's why I don't like episodic television, really, is because I, I have so to start at the beginning. Not, it's, any it's not the stories that you don't dislike. It's the format. Yes, it's 100% the format. Well, okay. and That's I, totally understandable. Totally understandable. There's, well, many, I, there's many a times, look, I collected graphic novels, comic books, you name it, since I was a kid. And then, Bob, you know how much I, I read as well. So it's like I would sometimes avoid going to pick up my folder because we would pick up folders every week just to be able to have all those volumes together so I can read the storyline. Because it would, it, dri- it used to drive me crazy. Where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to read just the chapter. You know? That's the thing is, it just, it drove me nuts. And there's stuff I really like. Like I read Preacher, like when it was in the graphic novel and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's just, I need the whole picture. I can't. Right. Well, I can't do it because the way that my my life and my mind works, I won't come back because I didn't read it in that setting. I can't oh, in a week. I won't come back to it. I'll read it in maybe six months and forget what the fuck I just saw. Well, and the pro- other problem with the serialized version of comic books, especially superhero comics, is these serializations last 30, 40 fucking years. And it's impossible to tell an amazing story with good continuity over that span of time. It's just impossible. Yeah, and then. And then they jump in and out of fucking other comic books. So you're getting like the point of view from Green Goblin to like Spider-Man and one thing. And you're like, dude, this is cool, but it's really hard to keep up with. And that's why I never got the comic book thing. And when like with Marvel and that whole universe, I don't give a shit because 
It's just I didn't grow up reading it. By the time like my friends were into comic books, I was already into fucking punk rock and skateboarding. I didn't give a shit about comic books. Just like I don't give a shit about video games. I think video games are fucking stupid. See, video games are... Yeah, yeah we're going to say that on Twitch. Good times. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. I'm not a gamer. <laughs> video games are stupid. Right? I get, Subscribe I to my channel. Look. I understand their importance. I understand the technical complexity it takes to make them, to to enjoy them, to be a thing. I just, they're not for me. I don't get it. I don't know why somebody would want to sit and pretend they're a fucking soldier man running around and doing that shit. I I just, I just don't get it at all. I just, it makes zero sense to me why somebody would want to do that. But if that's your thing, no disrespect, just not for me. I don't expect anybody to like the boring shit I do like. Well, look, hey, Bob, just to put it in a perspective for you, think of it this way. You're in quarantine right now and you are not with the ladies you want to be with. So think of it as a video game. I look at. I don't want to be with anybody. I'm happy in my room fucking reading books. All right. So as someone who does play a fair amount of video games, part of the appeal is it's a distraction and it allows you to escape into worlds where depending on the game you have more control over the story and how it progresses than traditional mediums like a book or a movie you get to be wait, 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 actively not, part not of the there's a good point bob what was your opinion about choose your own adventure books when you read books when you were younger do you want my honest opinion? Something? No, we want your uh, unhonest opinion. Tell us that fucking. What, what kind of question is that? When, when I was a kid, I thought they were ridiculous. There you because go. Because I was, I that was already read. Right, Matt. I oh was, yeah. Because I was already what video games are. You get to choose the direction you want your story to go into. I was already reading way heavier shit, and then when I was in school, and they would give us this like choose your own adventure nonsense, I'd be like, really. I would just, I, I was already such a fucking cunt that I, w- I just thought it was so beneath me to read those books in like third grade already. Well, what's stopping someone from creating a choose your own adventure book for fucking adults? A real choose your own adventure. They, yeah. They've tried and they, I, know, I know people who've done them. And? They're okay. I mean, I think they're all stupid, so. So. Why Bob are you? Hated, Bob hated Mad Libs, Matt. Apparently, he hated Mad Libs. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of why you just like having some agency in your story. It's not about having agency in my story. It's that I like the idea of a completed vision that you can just show me, and then I want to experience your vision, whether it be music, writing, film, whatever. I want to have that executed. I just don't see the need for me to inject myself in that. That's like the media version of thoughts and prayers that I have to inject myself to feel better that I'm in. It's just, it's something that I don't understand and I have no appeal to. Well, it's the same. It's, it's the same general principle of that. I don't get like when people want to talk about playing video games or want to watch other people playing video games. I I know on this Twitch. I think Twitch is fucking stupid. Sorry. But I, my kid watches people play fucking Minecraft and these dudes are in these like crazy expensive chairs with these headsets that look like shit that an aviator would wear. And he's like, oh, I'm making the jump. And I'm like, how are, do you find this interesting? Well, on the flip side, how do you find it interesting that someone's 
successfully hitting a ball to the outfield. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> you're, t- uh, you're taking a skill that oh, for wow. somebody, for <laughs> some, the heart, the literal hardest thing in sports is to hit a home run. The literal hardest thing in all sports is to hit a home run. So you're taking somebody with rapid second agility that is hurling something that if it hits you in the face can kill you at upwards of 100 miles per hour. You have to projectile shoot it with the stick challenging three possible people to get it over 100 feet. That is not the same thing as fucking shoot, pushing a button to hopefully hit a sniper across a little make-believe thing and call of duty. Get the fuck God out of here. Damn, you, took it, you took this all the way back to fucking bread and circus gladiator shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To no. try and prove your point. I commend you. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> that was pretty impressive, Bob. I like that. But in all honesty, yes, I, I could see the correlation. It's the same thing. You have zero investment in whether that player gets hurt. Exactly. And you have zero investment if that player succeeds or not. Where exactly. You're in. This is your medium. You're entertained by, holy fuck. Because I just spent, I'll admit this, I just spent like the first half hour before we got on air watching some dude play custom Mario Maker levels on YouTube. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so fucking lame. That sounds so awful. It's well, because first and foremost, oh and, and, uh, look, and, and to a certain extent, look, I, I, I understand video games. I like video games, but I, I have to agree with Bob. Watching someone play video games is fucking weird. Well, if I, I would want to play. Absolutely. I want to challenge my own <laughs> ability to fucking be able to, you know, complete whatever task. But watching someone play video games, dude, I, this whole Super Bowl of video games thing, Twitch, I know y'all are watching. Seriously, invite me to one of these, and I will have a blast. But will I be watching other people play? No, I'll be getting drunk and laughing at everyone. Okay. But, like, 100%, I don't get enjoying watching someone playing video games. Depend- oh, so for me, it very much depends on the video game. So the Mario Maker stuff is creative on both ends because these people are making – Super Mario Brothers levels from fucking scratch. They make some insane, just crazy shit. So the creativity on yeah. what some of these makers are making for levels is just mind-boggling. Hey, hold on. Yeah. One of my cam girls just snapped at me. Cool. Hey, girl, <laughs> hey, you trying to get with this or what? <laughs> As we're talking about wholesome content like Mario Maker. <laughs> And yeah, then just, let me finish. So, and then watching like this dude who has no clue, no roadmap, how to get through these fucking crazy schizophrenic levels as he fucking loses his shit, trying to get through them. It has some entertainment value. <clears throat> I, okay. No. I, I guess you have to see it as like watching, like I, the, I think the only place I could see some sort of, Entertainment is when it comes to, uh, and I may be using the wrong terminology, and I hope your Twitchers are chatting right now. It is your RPGs where you're, you're little role playing stuff and you, you're watching a storyline unfold. Yes. But like Mario Brothers, bro, come on. Really? It's entertaining. Mario Kart? No, Mario I Kart, no. Watch I watch people like playing go karts and throwing turtle shells. No, it. virtual I mean, racing and virtual shit like that. Is not my cup of tea, but this shit, 
One, it's also really amusing because the guy whose channel I've been watching is trying to keep it PG so he doesn't get demonetized on fucking YouTube. So that's a thing. It uh, unfortunately is a thing. So he will. <laughs> Bob, Bob, easy. You're gonna get dizzy from rolling your eyes. Up. I know it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious to me watching him just like fuck something up royal and be like, "Hecking ding it!" Like he is sw- trying so hard not to swear, and we've all been there. For those of us who do play video games, to the point where like I fucking had that, and you tried not to whip your controller at the fucking TV. So watching this guy like bottle it up, like hecking dang it, oh my god, I, <laughs> I'm just laughing at watching him not lose his shit too. Well, I could I could see that being entertaining. I could totally see that being entertaining. My my kid watches that shit, and like I'll see some of these fucking people and. Like, he, he thinks they're cool. He's like, Daddy, can we go see... I'm not even going to mention the fucking guy's name because it's stupid. He's like, can we go see him? And I was like, you want to go meet some fucking nerd who plays this shit on... I just... it. I don't get it. I, again, <laughs> I'm the old guy in the... I don't understand. We I have a whole episode planned about um, social media and all this. And I consider Twitch in the same thing. I don't understand YouTube stars. I don't understand fucking... TikTok. Well, I'm old. I don't get it. So for YouTube, YouTube you is me feel like bad when you say you're old. You know that, right? Right. I got, ten, I got ten years on you, bro. You are actually the youngest person in this. You're the youngest person in this conversation. <laughs> right. oh, well, I just don't get the. It's it's just a thing that I just don't understand. I don't understand the agency of. Why are we watching people play video games? And I don't give two fucks about people doing dances. And I, the shit I like, I don't expect anyone to care about what I care about. But I just don't get the cultural moment that when somebody's like, yeah, we're doing TikTok dances. What? I get it if you're fucking 12. But Dude, if you're like, I personally, I 100% feel we need to do an episode on our show about this. Well, I yeah, really, there, I, there, I have it. You want to talk it. about you want to talk talk about people and how they and just their stories and how they get to that point. You'd be surprised how many people there. I mean, it's adults and children. Oh, one hundred percent. People like invest so much to have this type of life, and it's amazing to me how this is like, um, it, it's, it hasn't, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's only, it's been less than 10 years since they started monetizing a lot of this. Oh yeah. 100%. And not only, not only monetizing it, but fucking banking. Obvi- no. And that's the, the idea. Like I have this weird obsession with influencers. I don't want, I don't give a shit about them, but I'm really like, what does it take? to be so desperate to get somebody to want to look at your pictures and you curate your whole life around this facade of like non-reality. It's just bizarre to me. But here's the thing. We all do that to a degree. I guess. I mean, are you out here posting on your public social media, your turmoils, your heartbreaks, what's going on in your personal life? No, you're putting out curated social media. Mm, Mine's pretty much just pictures of food and books. Right. Your articles too. And your articles. Yeah, but, my articles. But you're not disclosing what's going on with your interpersonal relationships, you know, 
what's I'm not but that's the thing is I don't do that I don't because that to me that channel is not for that that's for what my work is that's my point I'm you're curating against, it you're curating it I'm I'm yeah. curating it but I'm also I have a skill that I utilize standing in front of a fucking being hot is a skill sir making standing in front of the Eiffel Tower making hard hands is not a skill it's a fucking you're lucky that you were born that way I can't you even know, make hard hands had to, some of us had to like hustle to get to something and just I like think about I saw this story once about like what it was like to go to like an influencers camp where like they did like arts and crafts and stuff. And it's like I just I'm I'm fascinated by it sounds like hell on earth. That, but, oh. that, that in itself is a whole nother issue. dude. When you bring in influencers into this, I genuinely feel that like regardless of what people might think, I 100 percent do still respect gamers. The same way I would respect athletes. They train, they play, they redo this. I wouldn't consider them influencers because they're doing what they love. Influencers are a bunch of fucking putzes that are literally out there making a buck off of products that aren't there. And they're using their cute face, their asses, their personalities. Like, it's a completely different ballgame, man. Well, but that's the thing. It's Back to the original point is they got to that point by being attractive and curating their social media. That's how they, and possibly in some situations being famous in another field before they became influencers in some situations. Yeah, the whole thing is, like I said, I want to, I have a whole show written about this. I guess should we talk about that? Like, cause people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I say I have a whole show about it. Well, I mean, we, right. That's yeah. Why we, I, that's why I said that. Yeah, thank you for the layup. I was going to get to that, but uh, there was a couple other points on the influencer social media Twitch thing that I wanted to touch on before we plugged the show, but I'm down to plug the show. I'm definitely down to plug the show. Oh, well, I mean, I have a show. Uh, it's called Out of Step. We're making, we're getting close to getting it greenlit. We're, we're leaps and bounds. Mr. Graybeard down there is uh, one of the producers of the show, and we're figuring out last minute things, but we think we're getting close. I'm trying to. It is about how do you explain the show without giving it away so some asshole doesn't try to steal my idea. But you really can't do it without me, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me hold on. Let me try. Let the, let, let the producer give the pitch. <laughs> let me try. So uh, the original show started off with a, obviously a brilliant idea where we were trying to capture – which is basically a lot about what, what Bobby's influences are is your, uh, what's his name? See, I'm, I'm drunk. Now I'm forgetting names. This is great. Good times. So Bob's influences, uh, journalistic media writers, you name it, um, particular, uh, what's his name? Jesus, Bob. Bourdain. Bourdain. Thank you. Uh, and it was, it's a great concept because there was, for lack of a better term, with all respect to Bourdain, it was a niche that was building and he passed and now it needs to be filled. And there are not a lot of people out there who have the background, the, the moxie, the outlook, the perspective that he did. But Bobby does. Bobby's always had it. Uh, and besides being a talented writer, and I mean, he's, you know, as much as he 100% is not a TV film person and he'll, you don't have to talk to him about it to, to realize that about him. 
uh, you know, you'll find well, out real quick if you do talk to him about it. It's not a TV film person. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He'll make you feel like shit, but that's okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, the show when it originally started, we thought you know, you know, it'd be a good idea to, to focus on a lot of things that were what Bourdain was about. But the more the more Bobby got a chance to sit with it for a while in the past year it's evolved into, in my opinion, which is probably one of the most brilliant things to do is uh, without giving away too much about the show, it's more about what getting to know people in their culture, in their socioeconomic, political positions, world positions, and how they go through their day-to-day life and what their stories are like. Uh, And it's, there's so much you can get from that in television now, as opposed to just watching someone go, Hey, I want you to eat some hot wings and see if you can handle it. As much as I love the fucking show. I love hot ones. Don't, right. don't come on my show. Gonna... Don't come on my show and disparage hot ones. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, just because I just happened to watch an episode. That's why. But Bobby, 100%, you know, for people that don't know him and, and we'll get to know him. You'll realize that regardless of everything you hear or see his writing, Bobby's probably one of those relatable people. And and this is coming from someone who's mixed Latino, black, first generation American. And I, I clearly sometimes I have to refer to him as like, dude, how do you see this? Cause it would help me understand when I'm doing my writing. And it, it, he is 100% like has his, his thumb on the pulse of a lot of things and he's in, in the show is going to show a lot of that, you know, on top of his background in music, his background as a writer, his background as a, you know, being a dick from Chicago, his background of being a badass in new Orleans, you know, like it, it's all going to come through, but that's like, what's so important about the show is it's, it's about people, you know, it's about what, we're all going through on a regular basis and, you know, make people bring a lot of things to light just by being human about shit. You know, I mean, is that, is that sum that up for you there, Bob, without you being a dick to everybody and bad mouthing nice Twitch people that are watching right now. Right. I'm not a, I'm not a thank you. That was very humbling to to be honest with you. (laughs) Two at the Um, moment. (laughs) Um, no, it's necessarily, it's not about me being a dick. It's just like, yeah, I, I get it. I don't like video games, but that's because it was, we're, we're talking about that. But the idea of out of, out of step was always to be about how do we get really deep into culture? Like case in point, I guess we'll, I'll give one episode away. Um, I want to talk about Texas because Texas is the most critically misunderstood place in America. I don't think people, when people who have a very peripheral vision of what Texas is like, but when, unless you live here, you don't understand what Texas is like, unless you have a direct relationship with this state. It is not all gun-toting fucking assholes everywhere. Our cities are liberal. Uh, people think Austin is the only liberal city in this place, but um, outside of Fort Worth and um, what you call it, some a part uh, up where Texas Tech is, Lubbock, they're the only two major cities, which are the two smallest cities. Yeah, I wouldn't say Lubbock's a major city. Both. No, but within the ecosystem of Texas, it's one of the bigger cities. But all of the fucking cities in Texas, minus Lubbock and Fort Worth, 
all vote Democratic. Uh, Hillary Clinton only lost to Donald Trump by less than two million votes. Uh, Beto O'Rourke only lost to Ted Cruz by 700,000 votes. And in a state of 30 million people, that's a really fucking uh, alarming uh, picture of what the state actually is. The, the, the city of Houston is the most diverse place in America. You can go there. It's New York in the 70s. If you want good Punjabi food, if you want to go to a, a true immigrant neighborhood, you can go to Houston, Texas and get that. If you, you want to get randomly stabbed, city. good times. Um, but it's, yeah, the crime is not rampant, but... It's not good um, either. You can hear... What, in Houston? Houston's not that bad. Mm. Texas pretty much is... Texas crime. I mean, you don't fuck around with Texas cops, dude. That's rule number one of living in Texas. But um, Austin is this place that people don't understand. You think you know Austin, but until you live in Austin, it is not the like hipster mecca that people think it is. There's a lot of layers to this city. And I think telling the story of what Texas is from the conservatives out in West Texas to the fucking people in East Texas to down in the valley where it's like the most warm immigrant community i was at the border for the story uh two days before three days before christmas and was welcomed by these like latino fam like anybody i met was unbelievably fucking gregarious warm they had an absolutely interesting point of view on culture immigration the wall what it means to be community we're talking a whole gang of shit about poisoning american with america with all these like latinos coming in from the border but you were at ground. I was at ground zero with all these people whose cousins and girlfriends and boyfriends might live on the other side of the border. And the stories that they told were incredible. And I think we should celebrate that and not punish them for wanting to be a part of that culture because by, by celebrating those things about us, we're a lot better than creating the divisive bullshit that the narrative we continue to shift towards, which we, we should learn through the process that we're in right now. We're closer than we think we are. Our fucking government is garbage. No matter what side of the fence, like, you believe in. The government is garbage. There's a lot of good people in the mix on both sides. Like, I don't necessarily love guys like, um, what's his name? Dan Crenshaw from here. Dude with the eye patch who, like, got bombed on. They dunked on him on Saturday Night Live. I don't like his politics, but I understand he's important because he's the next wave of politician. And then I'm an AOC person, but because, yeah, I'm a liberal progressive dickhead, whatever. But that's the true story that we're going to start seeing is just because we don't agree necessarily, but we need to understand that our fucking system is garbage. The way that we're treating our people is fundamentally broken. And we should find ways to tell these stories to give people a sense of balance and semblance of what actual hope can look like, despite what community you're in, what subculture you believe in or what you call home because home can look like a lot of things and it can look like people. So let's find ways to tell those stories in a way that isn't ugly and it isn't fucking weird, but it is complex because we are all complex. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. (laughs) I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was just trying to cheers Pedro. But yeah, that's, you know, that's not Bobby's log line because that's really long, but yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that, that wasn't much of an elevator pitch. But but we're here no, doing no, this. It, so it's like, it's, it, and that's it. that's kind of like, the, you know, and correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, like that's kind of like the point behind it is 
as much as we want to sit here and, and tell someone, look, this is our log line. It's it's a lot bigger than most people can actually understand and comprehend. But the show is going to show you all that. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's I'm not. It's not catchy. It's not something like, hey, dude does this and they go do this. You know, it's dad barbecues. No, real shit. You know, it's yeah. Real shit. Uh, but there are there, there are story like I said it's it's broken down to stories it's about X thing per episode it's not we're gonna go to New York we were going to go to New York we were going to like base things about that now it's about a subject versus a place so right. what I'm saying what I suggest what I'd love to see after like hearing your discourse on this is you going to fucking TwitchCon dropping Robert Dean okay. in the middle of TwitchCon let's do it. I would 100% do that because you know what the best part about being wrong all the time is and thinking like being wrong is okay. If I could go to TwitchCon and be educated on what I'm missing, I think that's important. Like I think that I just wrote a thing. I I think being wrong is really valuable to you. Like think, think about like 10 years ago, I thought Guy Fieri was a fucking clown. Now I love Guy Fieri because I know the the man he is and the work he's done for things. And I know he's an extraordinary human being. So like my judgment on him was based on how he looked and how he talked on camera. Which now might have been I one know, might have been some producer steering that. That might not even been his influence. Because yeah, now that you so, know how TV works, you know how like how the, all these other people who have their fingers in the pie are like steering and guiding the produ- the product. And that's the thing is like, and I feel the same way, dude, I feel the same way about fucking juggalos. I love fucking juggalos. I'm not a juggalo, but when you think about the, like how insular their community is and they take care of one another and they like refuse to like sell out, but also constantly lift one another up, no matter what the position is, dude, that's fucking incredible. You know, the so, like, if he does the same thing. What? <laughs> take care of each other? Yeah, they take care Damn, of each son. other. They lift each other up. I mean, one hundred percent. That's how they roll, bro. There's the soundbite for this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to make sure yeah, to include video with that. <laughs> they support each other. Nobody else does. <laughs> no. Nah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Nobody else supports. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would totally go to TwitchCon. I would go to. Dude, I'm so ready. Fucking. Wait, so they apparently they turned, uh, or they I, or they turned it into a giant gaming facility, uh, the old Luxor in Vegas. Yeah, the pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid. Like it's no longer the Luxor. Now it's like A A E Sports owns it. Does it? That was an MGM yeah. property. I didn't even know. Well, it's MGM property, but it's an it's called A E Sports Arena. That's crazy. Yeah, and then like that, that's where they have a lot of the conference. Like last time I was in Vegas, I saw that because I've actually stayed at the Luxor a couple of years before. And I went back because I was like, oh, I like it because it's like at the end of the strip. It's not right in the middle. It, it wasn't expensive. And and the showers yeah. have multiple handholds in case you have some friends over. There was that too. There was that too. There's that. Sorry, I've only stayed at the Luxor during AVN. So, uh, good place for that. It is. It is. Another I've place. Never, never done AVN. Never done AVN. I've had friends that have gone. I've, you know, I've always wanted to just be a fly on the wall because that sounds like 
an absolute shit show. It can be. It also can be pretty bo- pretty boring. Really? Well, most award ceremonies. Are, I'm well, figuring the convention after the, parties. The convention is all about who you know. Like, if you don't know anybody, you're not going to have like an amazing time because the public after parties are meh. It's about knowing people and knowing the about the private after parties and the industry only after parties, like any other yeah. fucking large like any gathering. Other conference. Exactly. Yeah, like any other conference. Like I totally get it. But but yeah. So. No, go ahead. Sorry. For for your two Twitch viewers that are watching right now, I don't. I love Bobby to death like a brother, but I, I do a lot of other stuff, <laughs> not just this. <laughs> so I'll see you at TwitchCon, bro. Well, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should drop Bobby at TwitchCon. I also think we should drop Bobby at fucking Evo. Oh, drop me at what? Evo. So Evo is like the World Series of fighting games. Yeah, because that is direct head-to-head people playing fighting games at crazy fucking tiers. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's that's a big one. That is one of the biggest numbers-wise. That it does has it been pulling more people than Twitch lately? Uh, I mean, I don't because of. The stay-at-home orders and all that shit. I don't think there have been any of the fighting game tournaments. They've all been canceled. Because yeah. those are all in-person things. But, Bobby, I'll I'll send you some clips of like some of the big Evo moments. You get crowd reactions like you're watching a professional fight. Yeah. It's crazy. I've seen, I've seen footage of that. It's funny. I won't, watch, cool. I won't watch people play video games, but I'll watch the shit at the conference. Which is still weird. I think I like I understand the value of watching people play to other people in the sense that I don't know, man, like it's that whole zeitgeist of community and like what you're into. And I think that there's a validity in it. It's just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not valid. It's just I don't understand it. Right. But that would be open to learning. That would be an amazing place for you to understand is drop you in with totally. The fucking elite of the fighting game scene where these people are, you know, yeah, they're not manually hitting a ball out of the park, but they're talking about they're talking about hitting people based on frame rates of, you know, at 60 frames a second being like, I have two frames to make this hit count. Dude, it's that perfect example, Bobby, of being submerged in something that, that would be perfect for you and one for the show, but. Like when I when I was doing my documentary about my trans friend, I, the whole time I was doing this, I was like, "Cool, whatever, I accept whatever," but I didn't understand shit until I went to that damn conference, and then was like, "Holy fuck!" Like this is, yes, we all different live in different world. Matt lives in fucking podcast world. No, Matt does. You know, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, Matt does. <laughs> Matt, Matt very much does. But, but you know, it's like. something like that would be cool to like go check out. I think that's like, yeah, definitely, definitely like diving in and getting the fuck out when you're done. Maybe, maybe he'll make some new friends. Maybe I'm open. Maybe you're not going to convince me to play more games. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to play Bobby games. I'm off the floor with him. 
I might make a few friends, but uh, I mean, I always make a few friends. But me picking up the joystick, just that ain't happening, bro. I'm almost forty. I ain't about to start now. No, I'm not suggesting you pick up. I'm not suggesting you pick up the joystick. Here's Bob. Here's my impersonation of Bobby at Twitch. Hey, girl. You want a real joystick? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here! (laughs) I've been in enough bars with Bobby that he is much smoother than that. But, Fair enough. That is, they know you're actually right. I just think that's <laughs> But I'd like to see Bobby walk away from an event like Evo or TwitchCon with a newfound respect for the athletic prowess that does go into pro gaming. Hold the, no, yeah, slow I mean, the I, fuck I, down. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> athletic prowess? Stand and, up, let's see that gut, you gamer. Oh, I'm not a fucking pro gamer, by any stretch of the imagination. There's no athletic prowess. There is no athletic prowess. Oh, yeah. Are you fucking kidding? Are you really going to throw that terminology out? Yeah, yeah, I will. Hand-eye coordination, manual dexterity. I need need something to assess this really quick. (laughs) Well, we just lost a viewer over my assertion that pro gamers have athletic prowess. Apparently, that person's into pro sports. There you go, exactly. They're like, Matt's been full of shit. I'm out. Either that or your response to it. They're like, fuck this. Out. Because they think they're athletes? Come on. Hey. You're not so, an athlete. Hey, arm wrestlers are athletes. They got some guts. Physical. You know? There's some physicality to manual dexterity and a hand-eye coordination. Mm. Does this mean that because I jerk off every night, mm. this makes me an athlete? I don't know. Let's see your <laughs> fucking score on the leaderboards. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, thankfully, no. No one's, thankfully, no one's keeping score on our masturbation habits. I, Otherwise, I'd be like, top I score, bitches. Think- I absolutely think there is a lot of absolute technical skill in hand-eye coordination, but not athletic prowess. Come on, that's a stretch, bro. I stand by my statement. Well, that's exactly what you do when you're playing video games. You stand still. There's no athleticism in that. Look, man, fucking athletes in 2020 are cyborgs. Uh, <laughs> being able to like oh, that's, that, that is fucking true. <laughs> that ain't that ain't it. Being able to lace the pass and catch one into double coverage in the end zone is not the same thing as fucking being able to play a UFC fighting game. That's no. not athletic prowess. Alvin Kam- Alvin Kamara breaking tackles and getting into fucking a thirty yard run is athletic prowess. But those are different types of athleticism. You can't compare someone who is a Olympic runner to a pro, pro football player. You can't put a track star just on the fucking gridiron and expect them to be like fucking perform as well. It's different types of athleticism. Yeah, but that's that's athleticism. Uh, using your thumbs and your mind, hand-eye control, deck manual dexterity. Pedro, I agree, one hundred percent. But that is not athletic prowess, dude. No, athletic. I, let me, let athletic me put prowess. this in Matt's wheelhouse. Hold up, Bobby. Let me put this in Matt's wheelhouse a little bit. Porn stars are 100% athletic. 100%. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. But before you jump to this, they're pro athletes. Would porn you, stars are 100% consider, pro athletes. Would you consider a cam girl a porn star? No. Mm, in this day and age, in the I state don't. of the industry, yes. Really? Really. Because at this point, the industry is changing. The industry. I mean, adult entertainer, yes. But. Not a porn star. Well, so there are two 
different definitions of what you can consider a porn star. Is it the you know Jenna Jamesons of old that were contract girls that are in the fucking big lights, or is it someone who stars in the goddamn porn? Because there aren't contract girls anymore. The big names are all fucking self-made. Angela White sure, generates we much can more. The patriarchy for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, but big you, stars you like Angel White generate so much more content and more revenue off their OnlyFans and camming than they do from actual content from traditional but, porn but content that's, but that's the thing though is you have to look at but how where was the distinction made that's that thing when right. you were talking about being an influencer is because you already had an existing base which you're utilizing to a different medium now, would you consider – see, the idea of banging yourself on an OnlyFans for people to buy is fine, but that is contextually different than somebody getting behind the lights, getting there on the set, getting doing that particular scene. That's what it takes to like establish yourself in that world. Now, for- if you've never been in that world, that's like comparing a fucking Im- improv person to uh, uh, an actual stand-up. It's not the same thing. Well, I don't feel improv and stand-up are a good comparison there. Because those are just completely... Different. Like, it, Yeah, it's all comedy, but it it's completely different. Where, but it's still... It's all sex. That's the thing. But here's the thing. Like, a cam girl is... Hmm. Cam girls come on various degrees. Yeah, there was the girl who was just sitting there masturbating and just being like, Hey! Just fucking diddling and... All that shit. But there are, you know, at-home productions that are full-on productions happening as well. Well, yeah, because they're okay, using so, me but, as their consultant. That's why. Okay, so if they're full-blown productions, so do we do we need to delineate what is considered cam work then? Because, yeah, I see a lot of, like, you know, when it's time to fucking beat the meat, you see some, like, poor, like cam stuff point of view that they've created with, people willing to fuck on camera and all that, which is fine because that is the center. But I think that in the pejorative sense, when you look at what camming is, you just assume it's somebody turning on their fucking camera and then they're just fucking using a sex toy or whatever. But if they're full-blown having sex and creating an ecosystem about that, I think that that is the Venn diagram that leads into porn. It's more just a DIY version of it. Right. So I think when you get into... What can, is considered, I guess you have to break down into what camming is versus the perception of where the viewer is going and what their expectancy is. Well, and this is why I just believe it all falls under, yes, there are cam stars that are porn stars at this point. Like You look at Jenny Blythe, who, huge at AVNs. You look at the fact that uh, a year or two ago, one of the big cam girls was one of the co-hosts at AVN. So... The major publications and the major award shows are legitimizing cam performers as porn stars. So cam girls are basically farm team. Depends on how you want to define farm team. In no, a lot of cases, my whole point was to come back to tell you that video gamers do not have athletic prowess. I know that was the point you're trying to get at, but <laughs> it. It's not a good equivalency because. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. With That's fair. Some of these cam performers, if you're I judging. I admit when I'm wrong online, buddy. I can too. I'm just not <laughs> wrong in this particular situation. 
some of these KM performers are generating more revenue, have bigger fan bases than a lot of mainstream performers. It it by what metrics do you define their success into being a porn star? That some gatekeeper with a major production is hiring them or not? Well, I mean, I, I have to agree with you there because the the whole scape of the adult industry is changing so much so fast, and this pandemic is changing it even more. Even more, yeah. So it, it I, I agree with you there, but still, Twitch people, the one dude that's watching right we're now, we're back to two. We're back to two. Hey guys, okay, so we got two. Now I have you guys can argue amongst yourselves. I don't hate you. <laughs> Bobby doesn't hate you. We just don't understand. We just don't understand. We don't. So help us understand. But before you help us understand, make sure you look out for Out of Step and watch the show and all the other shit that I'm working on that I'm too drunk to probably list, but I'll tell Matt in a little bit. <laughs> You're not going to get a chance to sober up on air. We're going to keep drinking. Well, and then, then it'll happen in, in like spurts. Pedro, what are you working on besides Out of Step? You'll say something, and it'll remind me of something that I'm doing. Well, I'm going to specifically ask you, what else are you working on? I'll be right back. I got to piss. Okay, there you go. Bring your phone with you. Give me banned from Twitch. Oh, jeez. I'm going to... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for looking out for my well-being, even when I'm not trying to. Exactly. Because <laughs> a urine stream 100% so, would get me banned from Twitch. <laughs> well, let me get all this out before Bob gets back, because I'm sure when he gets back, he's going to be like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> so uh, prior to prior to the, the pandemic, I, uh, I'm a prediction. Uh, I am helping out on Queen of the South season five. I worked on season four. Uh, I'm working under... Panavision Light Iron, doing some post-production work with them because it's something I'm wanting to learn. I, I'm by trade a producer. You know this. I do. And, I actually and I listed also, you in my Twitch chat as producer, Pedro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I also, you know, my, a lot a lot of my background is in writing, directing, and, and some acting. And I figured that, hey, look, I, I really need to learn post-production a little bit better. So that's what I started doing that. And I love everyone I'm working with. I love what I'm doing. But besides that, the stuff that I've constantly worked on. So one, which is we're finishing up right now, working on a documentary, which is my first and definitely not my last because I've actually set up a couple of them, about a friend of mine here in New Orleans who is trans female. and Male to female or female to male? Male to female. Okay. And and is very much a public figure in radio and fan base doesn't realize that he is a she because he, she has been on a very conservative radio stations used to work for Rush Limbaugh as well. And never, anyone never, never asked because voice of gold, but the looks don't match at all, you know, uh, and I can't say the name, but the documentary will be called being Becky. And it's not a coming out piece because I refuse to do that. And she agrees to it as well. 
it's going to be a lifestyle piece. It's going to be like, hey, I've been living with this. You know, because I, 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 no offense, I have several of my friends. I'm I am way beyond queer friendly. Like I I have so many of my friends in the LGBT community. It's ridiculous. A lot of my best friends are, excluding Bob. Bob's not queer, as much as people want to think. But he is, <laughs> and it's it. Like I was saying earlier, like I, I was shooting this the, the when I first started five years ago. And in that first year, my friend Becky had a, a medical scare and we were like, well, we need to shut down, you know, because, you know, it's not really going to be that, that entertaining to see you in a hospital. And then she got better. And then shortly after we went to uh, what is is that a giant butt plug? What is that? Well, it, sir. I didn't mean to derail you. I was just pouring myself more whiskey. That's whiskey? Uh-huh. Ooh, fancy. It, oh, it looks like a little still. That's why. Yeah, okay. it's will it pot stilled. Okay. That looks like a little still. That's great. You're kissing a giant butt plug. I'd kiss the normal size one if it came out of the right person, too. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, while I was at this conference, it, it really opened up my eyes to a lot of issues that are within the LGBT community in general. And, and it just really kind of, it gave me that push because I, I'll be absolutely honest, even though I'm live right now, I, it was one of those things where I was like, why am I doing this? You know, why am I investing my time? And I know immediately when I put this out, no, not even, because it's a documentary. Let's get real. You know, it, it's not about money. It was more along the lines of, you know, it's it, to raise people's awareness about a lot of shit that's going on, you know, and it really struck a nerve with me to see how ousted a lot of that community is everywhere, you know, just for being prejudged. Oh, the, and, the suicide rates in the trans community are off the fucking charts. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, a lot of that's going to be touched on in the documentary as well. Uh, Becky is not never really been in in that because she's had, she's had a lot of luck having the career she has because she's you know the voice of radio. She's never people half the half of her excuse me half of the people that follow her don't even know what she really looks like, you know. But it's like so I worked on that and that kind of like put me in the high gear into working on the documentary. In the midst of that, I've obviously done features and TV shows. Uh, the one I started working on after that, immediately when I first started working on that, was a docu-series I'm doing about, um, and, and this is not even the log line. It is, and, and I can't give away too much because I have a couple people that are interested, but it is the how to achieve enlightenment without religion through your senses. Hmm. Um, there's a lot more to that. Uh, Bobby knows a lot, a little bit more, but it, that's one, that's one that I'm working on, uh, on top of last year, I've worked on a, a several other, I worked on a feature in Kentucky about Alzheimer's oh. and right before that I was in LA. Well, Bob and I were shooting, uh, a sizzle reel for the first concept he came up with. And then I flew out to L.A. and shot a short, which is going to be 
uh, basically kind of, uh, have you seen, uh, love death and robots? I know it. Okay. So it's kind of an anthology of shorts about the apocalypse or post-apocalypse. And, uh, actually I'm wearing a shirt. Plug. Plug. That's the plug. Speaking of you being out in LA, didn't you shoot some porn when you were out here? I did. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go back to that. That's a whole different story. I know. It is a whole very involved story. So, uh, while I was there and then the anthology is basically about, uh, relationships in which oddly enough and it's funny because we've been talking about this and we're in the middle of uh making sure the animation we're doing very much a cross between animation and live action so think love death and robots but very much more uh roger rabbit is there gonna be a jessica rabbit dude why does your mind always go to jerking off to jessica rabbit i like big titty redheads <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, they're, they're, actually, there are a couple characters, so you'll be fine. But it, it's it's going to be a lot of to simplify shoot filming, uh, which we had already done when we were there last year. And then the way we totally reassessed this whole thing, we're like, we can con- continue shooting this because it's half animation, half live action, and and it's like real stories of how people are relating to each other in times like this, which we didn't think this was happening. You know, it was our weird fucking foresight when we started writing this. And then uh, like another one that we're doing that's part of the anthology is um, homeless guy. We're doing a guy who's homeless, who's constantly preaching, constantly like talking on the corner and nobody pays attention to him. And then, uh, and then we go into this pandemic and that same homeless guy is the one person that is trying to guide people into like helping them, you know, and nobody realizes that was the same homeless guy. And part of that's going to, that's going to be part animated part. Of it. So it's, it's an anthology. So it's different short stories. And then, uh, also I, I, my production company is called a productions as in like right here. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm working with Bobby on his. I'm also writing my own scripts as well. I, I have, uh, I definitely can't give that one away. But it's, it, it, let's just say it's a creature feature. Nice. Because I, I do write, I do write a lot of comedy. I do write, you know, and I didn't realize until <laughs> Bob will get a kick out of this. I didn't realize I, I knew how to write creature features until I broke up with my ex. But <laughs> that, that's, you know. Uh, I want to hear how that's, that how that segue happened. I'm like, how did breaking up, how did breaking up with your ex get you into creature features? It didn't. It, it had nothing to do with her. It had to do with me sitting down and going, "All right, what, what were my biggest film influences when I was a kid?" And like the one thing that stood out to me the most was Godzilla. As a kid, I was fascinated. Like I knew immediately that it was miniatures that he was stomping on, but I was absolutely fascinated with that all my life in Kung Fu theater and every cartoon you can think of. I still watch all the cartoons. What's your favorite Godzilla? What's your uh, favorite Godzilla movie? The first one. Oh, the original black and white. Yeah. The yeah first mine's uh destroy all Mon- Mine's destroy all monsters. 
that's a great one. But the first one was the one that I've always like. I, I've rewatched that more than I can think of. And uh, it, you know what else? What's that? Uh, I was gonna say, you know, like, do you like Gamera? Well, yeah, Gam- anything having to do with kaiju's, dude. Come on. I love that shit. Did you? I uh, back in like two thousand and two. Do you remember Kaiju Big Battle? Yes. Yeah, no clue. That shit was so fucking awesome. No clue so on my that, end. You should. Oh man, uh, Kaiju Big Battle was out of Chicago. What it was was essentially started to derail the conversation. Not at about all. Your influences. No, I mean, no. um, um, Kaiju Big Battle was. I think it was out of Chicago, but it was in Chicago a lot. So what they would do is essentially like take imagine a wrestling ring, but the whole ring was set up like a little city, and then the fucking wrestlers came out like kaiju and they fucking fought in the big like cities and they destroyed everything and they had all these characters like one had like a box for his head one was a skeleton and it was essentially the same story i don't know if it was the same godzilla movie toured through new orleans last summer i don't know if they did a kaiju big Patel, probably because they've done in the last like five years it went from like being an all the time thing and now they do like a lot of online shows and uh, they'll do a tour like once a summer now. But I don't know, you know if it was out of Chicago or out of New York, but they were in Chicago a lot. So, it, Bob, just Bobby, just so you know, if you like that and you could probably pick up a whole volume right now, pick up Kaiju Max, which is a lot of that is based on that. And it's basically about this maximum prison facility that uh, imprisoned all these kaiju creatures and they fight in the, in the jail, in the jail cells. And it's based around a lot of that, which is really cool. That's cool. I love that. It's it's called kaiju, kaiju max. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll write it down here in a second. I've, uh, I love Godzilla movies and I love, I think King Kong sucks, but, um, the Godzilla universe, Kaiju, fucking uh, Gaidara. Well, here's my thoughts on King Kong. Here's my thoughts on King Kong. It's America's bastardized version of Kong, uh, Kaiju films. And they fucked it up from the very beginning by making it the Congo. <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to portray all their fucking slavery bullshit in one big ass creature feature film. I mean, I, I like King Kong, but I, I just the first time I saw that, I was like, "This doesn't seem right." Well, hell, there's um, Tarantino kind of addresses that in Glorious Bastards when they're playing Fuck the Tarantino. I hope he's watching right now. I would hope for that too. <laughs> <laughs> but the, there's that scene in Glorious Bastards where they're playing the card game in the bar, and someone makes the mention their their card is King Kong, and they make all the Par- parallels to it and they're like oh I'm the story of the American slave and they're like oh nope King Kong and it's like oh yeah there's yeah some heavy heavy parallels there oh yeah white woman all oh, the whole nine man but yeah no so back to what I've been doing and uh, so right wrote a creature feature so just just picture your kaijus in Louisiana basically and it's very much my homage to old, old, very, you know, all the old kaiju films along with trauma films. 
and, you know, making it more to a scale as opposed to gigantic. Nice. You know, and, and the storylines can go from, you name it. It's Bob, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. My phone. Uh, he had to respond to a text or some shit. No, I was, I touched the screen and I didn't know like what it does. The old man doesn't know how technology works. <laughs> I'm getting there. Getting there. He's going to yeah. have to learn. But what's really crazy about that. <laughs> King- oh, wait, sidebar, sidebar. This has been one of the biggest things about me and Bobby working together on this show. Okay. Bobby hates social media. Oh, I know. And I, and I keep reminding him as much as I can, how important it is to the future of our show. And it's, I don't agree with it, but you got to learn, dude. Marketing is important. You can have the you best, know, pro- you have the best product in the world that no one it. knows it, it exists. It does not matter. Look, learn it. And as soon as we have a big budget, we'll hire somebody to do it for you. That's a, that's it. That's the, the, the greatest day in my life will be when I can hire somebody to manage social media and I can delete it off my phone and never look at it again. <laughs> and I, that and will be the be, greatest day in my life. I need, and we need to hire like the nerdiest, ugliest person because I don't want anybody sleeping with him. You don't want anyone sleeping with Bobby? Because social media is going to be so important for what we're doing. <laughs> well, nobody from from us, from us, from our our from our immediate circle. <laughs> fair, fair. I mean, you shouldn't be sleeping with your employees in the first place. Why? That's they're the easiest ones to sleep with. <laughs> it is twenty twenty still, right? Damn. I don't even know what year it is. Fuck that kind of comment, like nineteen ninety three in this shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of right, but <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't care where you work, what you do for a living. Every company has this no fraternizing. No sleeping. It's all this underlying. But everyone in every workplace is fucking each other. Well, that's why they have those rules. Because if it was completely on, if it was completely. Where are you supposed to, when you're a fucking slave to capitalism and you're working all these hours every goddamn day, where are you supposed to meet other people except in a bar? Sex workers. Just pay for sex workers. Well, there's that too. But. No, but the one hundred percent they have those rules to you know curtail the people that are you know follow the laws. Everyone's obviously going to break those laws. Everyone's going to obviously fuck if there's a connection. People will be like, "Fuck my career! I'm so in love because of my brain chemicals." <laughs> that that's the reality of the situation. But if they didn't have those laws and those rules there, everyone would just be willy nilly throwing their genitals wherever they fit in. I mean, I don't think that. Here's here's the willy nilly. I. Assuming that it was consensual, of course. I, the, now, we, we've had we've had now, wait, two, wait, wait, now, two uses. I, there is a place I draw the line, and Bobby knows this much about me. Boss employee relations off the table. You don't mess with that. Within employees, I don't give a shit. Bobby knows very well for all I, the uh, years we, for all the years I worked on 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 Bourbon with him. Way too many years, close to twenty years. Never did I date someone that I worked I with that worked for me specifically because I was like, they're a goddamn boss. I would never do that. Now, would, if, uh, if like it was my coworker, what's that? 
I would like to point out that we've had two usages of willy-nilly tonight. <laughs> Trust me, there will be a third. Or a fourth, maybe. Maybe a fourth. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe a fifth, even. Who knows? Or maybe I'm going to drink a fifth? I don't... Mm. There you go. You're behind, dude. Look at this. Well, I didn't pregame. I... Bobby's had, like, a beer. I'm on... No, well, this is my third beer. Here, toast. Cheers, cheers. everyone. Cheers. Are you sure this is a show? I, I got feel like you're just talking shit. Yeah, that that is actually the show. The show is pretty much just talking podcasts, shit. Right? That's most podcasts. People talking shit. Well, especially this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> Bobby, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say most podcasts. There's some kind of like direction. What I have learned about, and now we drink. Is it just wherever the thing goes is where it goes. If you fucking say I something like scandalous, it. you you're on your own, chief. Oh, not I only like are it. you on your own, I may encourage you to go further. Yeah, and, and it, still, it could get turned into a, a meme. <laughs> it might. I mean, I've been known right, to. So before got, before I get too drunk, before I get too drunk, let me finish saying whatever. Of course. So, I've been, so I've been writing that script. There's a couple other scripts. I'm also, and, and this is ironically, I started writing a script several years ago. And I couldn't kind of really figure it out. And uh, this one I could totally talk about. And uh, I are you guys familiar with um, The Night Watch? It's a Russian film. Yes. Okay. In The Night Watch, there's a, one, there's a woman who ends up cursing herself, which causes a huge cause, turn of events. Uh, it's, it's very supernatural. The film also grossed more than twin towers in europe if, if most people don't realize that wow night watch i don't even know what twin and then there's and then there's a what's twin towers watch uh the the uh, lord of the rings twin towers two towers oh okay towers yeah it, it grossed more than they did still has to this day and so i i came up with an idea a more modernized American one about a woman who does the same thing to herself, but not so much in a, and Matt, if you can remember, it was very like out in the open, like, yes, we're vampires. This right, right, right. Like I, 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 I pushed back away from that, but I just took that one idea, but I will 100% give them the credit for it because I thought it was brilliant. So I started writing about this young, young lady who ends up, cursing herself, not realizing she curses herself, people around her start getting sick. She realizes, eh, I don't want, if I, if you know, everything around her just dies and gets negative. And she's like, well, I can't do a normal job. So I start camming. Well, when she starts camming this curse that she doesn't, she's unaware that she did it to herself starts uh, adapting to digital. So now all of a sudden, when people are camming with her, computers are crashing, like little things. And it starts building up as it goes around, goes along, and people start dying. Then there's this douchebag failed detective. I love, absolutely love, shitbag failed detectives. I don't know why. I'm right here, man. I'm right here. You, you feel me? You feel me? I, I, I am a douchebag failed me. detective, so... Oh. <laughs> 
but I like I love their their thought process. I love those characters in films. So I have this one guy who's just down on his luck, and all he does is watch cams. He's a, he was a good detective, went gone bad, you know. And then he starts seeing, and then he starts reading up on supernatural shit. And he's like, wait, something's not right. And then he also starts tapping him because he's a shitbag. He he's already wrapped up in like 4chan and dark web and all that. So he's like, wait a minute, this this doesn't seem right. And then the story turns into where he's trying to figure out and he thinks this is his big break to get get reinstated. So he starts trying to track this girl down in the process. The girl falls in love with another girl who's also a cam girl who is about as goth as they fucking come. And she's like, I don't care. I don't care. I embrace the dark, yada, yada, yada. This girlfriend of hers starts explaining to her that she's a fucking witch and she did this to herself. Hmm. So ergo, that's, that's how the story pretty much goes. There's a lot more to it, but now that we've been in this fucking pandemic, uh, it whole story kind of like steroided 100%. So now I'm thinking about different ways of shooting it, how I can actually get away with shooting it while we're in the pandemic. Why not make it animated? No, I, I want to see real titties, bro. Why you guys do that to me, man? Because animation is amazing. You could do so much with animation. I'm not in the hand tape, bro. I'm not saying... Sorry. I mean, sorry, I'm just not. I'm just not. No, I want real life. Okay. I want real life. No, and not only that, well, so, yes, it could be animated the way I have it written now, but the way I've changed it, I would rather not. Okay. Because I want to show, so there was, and and this is, seriously, like last year was the first time I saw a film, I think it was called Cam, was on Netflix, I'll, I'll have to look it up. But it was about a girl that was a cam girl. And it was like one of the first ones that's ever been done as an indie film. And it was okay, but it was poorly shot. And Netflix like, just handed out that money. Right. Well, and regardless, it's but it also has to do with how it's written. You know, like 100%. I can get, I've done this long enough to where I know I can get some mediocre, like, camera crew. But if the writing's done right and have the right DP, it doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be shot beautifully, and the story will come across. So that's one story. I haven't given it a title yet, so I'm probably going to name it after one of Bobby's girlfriends. You know, and, you know, that's where we're <laughs> Bobby's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Um, Bobby, Bobby looks like he's, you know, a mob guy just pulled into a fucking interrogation room. He's like, Lawyer, 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 right. lawyer, lawyer. So that's, that's the stuff I've been writing, producing. I, I work with another production company here called Get It Girl Productions, and we're working on a show with Chris Rose. He also has a podcast, which is begging me to help him with, but I know nothing about podcasts. Well, I mean, connect so, us. I'll help him out. Okay. You know, I will do I, that. I, uh, I know Bob, a- Bob knows who Chris Rose is. He can tell you all about him. I know a thing or two about podcasting. I think maybe, 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 maybe. But uh, Chris Rose is one of our local journalists here in New Orleans, 
and uh, we're putting together a crime show called Noir Lens. It's spelled N-O-I-R-L-E-N-S, but it's obviously New Orleans. Right, right. right. Uh, it's basically, it, we're digging up a lot of old crime files. Old cold cases system. or? Cases, yeah. Cold cases, though? Which, there's already a show, so I don't want to say that. There's already a show called Cold Cases. But we're also doing it with very much of the style of, like, think of think of Bob 20 years from now. Bob's going to be alive in 20 years? That's that's Chris Rose. They have that perspective. Like, they, they go at it big time. You know, and, uh, yeah, so working on that with them and just trying to stay busy, man. And that's life. And always coming up with random shitty ideas and some good ones here and there. And Well, that's you know, the thing. You never know, like, if an idea is going to be until you throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. True. Very true. I usually throw it in people's faces to see if it sticks on their face. Just wipe it off and like, hmm, mm, shit flavored. See, I'm I'm with Bob with the face. See the face Bob made? That's that was kind of gross. Yeah, I'm lowbrow humor. This is how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> no fair, one, no one's fair. tuning into the show for fucking high comedy. Oh my god, like, high comedy, <laughs> high comedy. Oh my god, we're so classy. I like oh. to re- I like to remind Are everyone we're the, gr- we're the groundlings. Do we think we're the groundlings? No, we are much lower than the groundlings. I like to remind everyone who listens to the show regularly: low is a class, and that is the class that we are at. Yes, yes, it is. You ain't ruin. You ain't uh, first class. Your roach class. <laughs> roach class. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But yeah, and then you know, on top of that, there's also I've been shopping Bob's uh, script for. Um, Morrow Town or more what Marrow? Fuck, I'm I'm drunk. God damn it! Oh yeah, more. Uh, he forgets uh, about this going? shit. I, I love that. I love that he has forgotten about his own fucking script. No, and that, yeah, I'm I also try, I'm also trying to shop his one of his uh, first novels, which is one of my favorites. Hard roller. In the arms of nightmare. Oh, gotcha. And uh, he forgets, but I'm still trying to work on that. Yeah, no, his film script. Like, I actually had some. I feel like I had a little hand in on that. Yeah, Marrow. I, I, yeah, I've got that strip for Marabone Holler, which is it's not a bad story at all. I think no, that it's a great story. The, I think if the if the show gets made, a lot more doors will open up to this possibility of selling it. I don't give a shit about it, man. Just fucking pay me. <laughs> That's all I care about. That, I love that the they passion behind his art. There, way. the passion behind his art is like. Fuck you, pay me. I don't give a fuck about my art. Dude, it's they, not this that. Is I'm, not why, a, I'm not as. This is why I love you, dude. You know that. That's why I love you. Because that's. Let me worry about. And that's exactly what he, he's right. Let him be creative and let me worry about handling the business aspect of this. Even though he's I hit the him. ground. Without a step, Bob is sick balls, one of the best business people I know. Because he's moved a lot faster than most people I know in this industry which is great, you know, but at the same point, I want them to stay creative. Like I do too. one of the most creative minds I know, and I will 100% back him up for anything. I liked the idea. I liked writing the two scripts that I've written and they're fun. I just, I'm not a script writer and I kind of, 
stuck my toe in that world, which to me was just an exercise to just try something. And of the two I have written, which Matt has had influence on each of them, um, I would love to see them get made. But Bob, Bobby aspires. Fuck you! I'm cutting you off. Bobby <laughs> aspires to be a porn script writer. No, At we wrote. One. We actually, Bobby and I wrote a porn. At least one. Wait, you already wrote it? We did. We wrote one. Is it three pages long? No, it's about twenty pages. No, <laughs> twenty pages. A feature length is twenty pages. Yeah, it was a twenty. <laughs> yeah. It was a feature length. For we we did write it. It was very Tarantino esque. Ugh. Spaghetti Western porn, really? No, more like nineties. No, it, it was nineties really, Tarantino. Oh, nineties Tarantino. Oh, okay, fair. It's fair, really fair. influenced by Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill Kill, uh, Valley of the Dolls, um, stuff like that. I mean, it's a cool story. If I was talking with uh, our friend Matt and I, our friends with Kate Kennedy, and I was talking with her about it. And she was like, dude, get your fucking TV show made and then you can figure out who is willing to pay for it because right now, because it's essentially a rock and roll B-movie with fucking. And yeah. you could take you could take the fucking, uh, you could turn it into softcore. You could just turn those into um, mild Hollywood-esque sex scenes. But the fucking isn't the, the, the main focus of it. I just wrote it. I just wrote something that was like a rock and roll fucking high stakes, um, low budget as fuck. Like you could make that movie for nothing. You just have right. to have a cool car, a warehouse, and people willing to act. That's all you need. Right. And we were hoping to capitalize on my connections in the porn industry and see if someone wanted to make it. So I'm not. I don't. I think that eventually that will get made. Oh, I agree. Um, but in the short term, I was unable to sell it, which is a feeling on my part, not on the strength of the script. So, I mean, I would love to. And with Marabone, I Mar- writing Marabone Holler was fun. But again, I would never write a script again. It was good to try it. And I learned a lot about like brevity and moving scenes and things like that. I learned from the experience, which love. I think as a, as a writer, that's what you constantly need to do. But if it gets made, that'd be incredible. I just, as far as I'm concerned, help me buy a house. Just pay me. And so I don't have to think about money for a couple of months. Yeah, that's all of us. Right. So that's kind of my... But you know, in, in, in all fairness, man, like, I, I feel like the industry right now, it's it's not story-driven anymore, except it's more sketch-driven, scenario-wise. It, it's... I don't... That, Matt, maybe you could correct me on this, but I just feel like the, the porn industry with with... Your feature length films are not like your great writing in the first place. It's always spoofs. Eh, it depends on what category. Parody. Yeah. A lot of it is a lot of production companies will make a couple big features a year just for award season. Like they're just basically making them for award bait. They're not so much making them to sell them, they're not so much making them to. They will chop them up into scenes and sell the individual scenes. They're not so much the money makers. They're more for, hey, when award season comes around, there's big categories like best comedy, best drama, best whatever. They're going to make these big features just to get the recognition of winning an AVN, winning an XBiz. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah like, totally I mean, I, I feel do, like, uh, I feel like, Bobby, if you want to write a porn feature, write it about incest and in-laws. Full, like cest, full cest, real incest doesn't, is not legal. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Stepsister shit, man. I, uh, oh my god, bro, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> um, that, we and, me and Matt were like the whole... That's the sound for <laughs> There's gonna be a couple. We were... We were, t- oh we were talking god, about bro. it, I was... Uh, I was obsessed with the idea that, uh, I mean, I would still do it today. Like if out of step got made, I would in like, they were like, yeah, you get, you would won an Emmy. If I won an Emmy, I would send a Michael Jackson impersonator to go upstage and get it. That would be hilarious. No one, that's what Nirvana did for their MTV uh, award. And I swear to God, if I win any award, I am getting a Michael Jackson impersonator to accept it on my behalf. Oh wait. So, so we do that with one condition. We're still there because I want to go to the after party. I don't give a shit about that. You can go. I won't go. I'll go for you. Hey, look, you can go I'm for find, me. look, going to that means I'll find more funding for all of our other shows. So that's if, if you're at the point, if you're at the point when you're winning Emmys, I don't think you're going to have a problem finding funding. No, it's not a problem. It's a joke. Exactly. I want a gift bag. I want a gift bag. I want right. an after party. I want a gift bag that is worth my annual income at this moment. Look, I'll be the one that goes with the impersonator. I'll let them go on stage, but I'll make sure I'm there for the after party. <laughs> if, right. one of, if something I, I had done made it won an Emmy, I wouldn't even go. I'd be like, I don't want to go to that shit. I just zero desire. I don't fucking care about those people. You should go to the first one. I don't fucking care. It's not about you caring. Matt, it's about Matt, being seen. Matt, this is, this is this, you're beating a dead dog, bro. I know, but I've been known to do like, that. If, yeah. if I if I was lucky enough to go, you know what the only scenario I would go is? The only scenario on earth. You know who would be my dates for that? Every porn star you know. No, it would be my parents. If I could bring my parents or my mom as my date to like... Uh, there you, go. Think, you can definitely bring thank, your mom. Thank oh. you for like the, the life that you afforded me to like get this far. If I could bring my mother, I would go. But like... Hell yeah. Thank you for having unprotected that, sex, mom. I, I agree with you on that 100% because I've always said that about my films, that I would not go unless I could take my mom and we would get so shitty drunk. It would be hilarious. That's yeah, like, if I, like, I want my mom to feel fancy as fuck, get her little bag with all the goodies in it, and then us sit there and just laugh and be like, damn, we made it this far. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like that's like I remember one time I did Moon Runners. It was a it's a music festival in Chicago, and I hosted it, and I had like all access in the green room, and I took my dad backstage, and he got all the free drinks he wanted. He was smoking weed with all these like country singers and shit, and he was like, "This is so fucking cool," and like it made it totally worth it to me. That was fucking ten years ago, and it made it worth it to me to like see him have so much joy. But like if I got the opportunity to do anything and got to like as a thank you to my parents i would take it more serious but other than that i don't give a fuck about any of that shit yeah i totally get not giving a fuck but on the other hand it's like it's also an opportunity that so few people actually fucking get in the grand scheme of things why not take advantage of it i don't care i would rather i would rather sit at a dive bar and then watch it and be like oh that's cool we won and then i'd buy everybody shots but i don't want to be around like all those fucking people and like people I can't relate to, and I don't like that whole like let's suck each other's dicks because we're so great. 
I don't care, man. My heroes are fucking Henry Rollins, Glenn Danzig, and Ian McKay. I don't give two shits about any of that stuff. Is it, is it because you don't care or you don't want to suck dick? I mean, it's because I don't care. I mean, sometimes you got to suck a little dick, but... All right, there you go. Hopefully, if you have to suck dick, it's a little dick. Not a fucking yeah. break your jaw giant cock. Here's to that. Here's to sucking a little dick instead of a big dick. <laughs> so to me, it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I, I like the idea of the validation that you could win something in the sense of thank you for respecting the thing that we created. And I deeply appreciate that. But am I going to play the game? No. Fair. Uh, Fair. You know, and in all honesty, I think the only only one I would genuinely go to is an Emmy. All the other award ceremonies, I give two fucks. Hey, I mean, for me personally, for the industry that I'm mostly involved in, in 10 years of going to the AVNs, I attended the award show once, and that was only because I was nominated. Uh, sexually? Best non-sex performance, baby. <laughs> I think it's bullshit that you lost that personally. Me too. Me too. Damn. Well, yeah, that was, that was like a bullshit loss. Especially because, you know, you figure I would have it rigged. My roommate votes on the awards and I didn't win. All right, hang tight, guys. I need more ice for my tequila. Get more ice for your tequila. But, c'est la vie. I didn't win. It was an honor to be fucking nominated. It's on my fucking IMDb that I have a nomination. Yeah. Which is more than a lot of motherfuckers can say. That is true. There's a lot of people that have a lot of sex on film that will never get an ABN nomination. So I'll take it. Yeah, that's cool. That's no no disrespect for that. No, no. It's, but it's moralized. <sighs> yeah. And now, uh, did you hear that uh, May 1st, uh, Texas starts opening back up? Yeah, man. Uh, what's your plan for that? Uh, I'm not going anywhere near those fucking people. Good shit. Fuck those idiots. Like, I like the idea. I mean, trust me, I do like the idea of how fucking wild the bars are going to be when it uh, when we're allowed back in them. I mean, they're going to be wild. Yeah, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not about dying over some weird fucking getting some weird vag in a new bar. Yeah, man, like with uh ben's mom dying like look it, it was real in a lot of senses dude i we lost john prine because of this shit well hey that still hurts my fucking soul so but, for, for me i love it wasn't a dude i was ever really close with but a dude i knew in the 90s 2000s from i knew back in the day died in wisconsin a couple weeks ago from it dude he was in his 50s so yeah man like, my, my homeboy's mom died and it's just it's it's not a risk I'm willing to take to be fucking out in the mix. Like when it when this thing start like loosening back up, am I like am I cool with maybe I don't know going over to somebody's house and hanging out? Sure, like I'd like to see my friends again, but um, going out and cutting up in public, being in the bars and all that shit, it's just I, I, I'm gonna wait a couple of weeks till we kind of see what happens before I'm out there. I got kids and. Yeah, you, you, know, you don't need to fucking have their last memory of the, you be fucking dead at, you know, when they're fucking children. Yeah, I, it, that's that's exactly it, man. It's just, I can't wait to do it. And, like, I was supposed to be in L.A. in, like, 
now. a week and a half. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be in LA like fucking now. Yeah, and you know what? It is what it is. I'll, We're we supposed to have another blackout fallout night somewhere here in LA. That's, that's what we do. Um, Let's that, do it. That is, that's what we do when I come to LA. We get all fucked up. <laughs> we get um, all right, that's we, priority priority travel going to LA first. Let's let's get let's coordinate that together, Bob. Okay, Pedro. I will I, be I, in LA the minute. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. Um, the the minute they give me the green light, I was like, we were just talking. I was supposed to be in LA like right now, but until we can open this shit back up, like that was the thing is when somebody was like, "Well, you don't know about shit," I was like, "You mean that my entire my TV show that I was supposed to go to all these places to go pitch to and do all this shit? I don't know." <laughs> This is a whole big difference between me getting a fucking TV show versus you getting a haircut. Believe me, I think this sucks. I think this sucks ass. But I also don't want to fucking kill people. And you know what? I don't want to fucking die from it either. Right. So let's just take a little bit and figure out the situation before we start fucking putting the cart in front of the horse. Dude, dying a pandemic is not sexy. No, man. It's just fucking use a little common sense and... We'll figure this thing out, but you got these people that are jumping the gun. It's like so they're, they're opening up Texas to uh, 25% capacity for restaurants. But like, it, wait, what? I thought it was in phases. They're doing that immediately? It is. May 1st. May, May 1st, you can go to the mall. You can go to the uh, mall. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, fucking the idiots. mall, Jesus. restaurants. And there's a couple other, but gyms and barbershops are still closed. Um, Should be the but, other way around. And the bar, let the barbershops open because they can only seat a certain amount of people in the first yeah, place. Yeah, but you're that, fuckers meet out, but sit outside. Yeah, but you, that's way too close to contact, man. That's hands touching your face and your head. That's like really, really close contact. Same thing with tattoos. Believe me, dude. I got. I already paid for a fucking tattoo. I I, I sent my homeboy that tattoo. Yeah, same here. I already paid for one to help him keep him afloat. And uh, I would love to get my new tattoo. And, but it's, it's just not smart because that's, you know, he's on top of me, essentially. That's the same thing with getting a fucking haircut, dude. Same thing like going to the dentist. I need to go to the dentist, get my fucking teeth cleaned. But let's not take that risk until that risk makes sense to, like, society. Because I'm convinced I had this shit. I'm telling you, I fucking... To the day I die, will believe that I had this in February. No, I'm or pretty sure February, you gave January. it to me, you dick motherfucker. Well, no. When I was there, I, that was my allergies. But when I was in June, in January, I was sick as fuck, and I we all thought it was the flu. Well, so, the, you were also, but it was your allergies when you were here in February. But I also got pretty fucking sick right after you left. Dude, you can hear like I was looking, watching that podcast, or, like that we did with uh, Brandon and Kate. You can just hear how fucking like sick I am in that shit. I know, but I also got pretty fucking sick right after you left. Yeah, but I mean, I had doctor approved that it was my allergies. Doctors don't know shit, apparently. Whoa. Whoa. That's right. I said Whoa. it. Doctors don't know shit. Your, your Twitch is going to spike. You're gonna have Actually, we just got another, another viewer. <laughs> That's right. Doctors don't know shit. Welcome to the stream. <laughs> Dude, you're talking to people who isolate themselves already. I don't think they're worried. 
No, no, no. My Twitch audience, they ain't worried. They're here to tune in. They're like, why are you not beating people up in the UFC right now? <laughs> Is that what they're doing? Watching you playing? What do you play? What UFC? I play UFC 2. I play Fortnite because I'm 12 and Borderlands 3. <laughs> okay, hey, I got a question. Please. What What the fuck is Fortnite? So, Fortnite is a third-person shooter that Epic Epic Games originally rolled out. It was supposed to be a like survival horror game, and then PUBG, which is um, a Korean-based a Korean game, made the whole battle royale thing popular. So they made it into a battle royale game. Whoa! What does that mean? Like battle royale, the suicide movie. So. A normal Fortnite game is you parachute off a fucking bus, and it's you versus you. Depending on the mode, either you versus one hundred other ninety nine other players, or your squad versus it's a hundred players total on a giant map, and you guys fight it out till the last man standing. Okay, so why is it so popular though? Because I see like kids doing dances, and there's like Halloween costumes of it. Like, so, I, is is it is it not a horror thing then? No, not at all. It's one. It's free. Two. It's very bright and colorful, so it attracts the you know the young minds. Matt, Matt, sorry, I have to tell you this. Nothing is fucking free. Well, it is free, but there is a big but. It is yeah. hyper microtransactions for cos- cosmetic things. Yes, and that's where they make their money. Right. Oh, 100%. If you want to make your tune look like any of the million of fucking costumes they have, you've got to spend real-life money. To just play the game is free, though. So you fight other people? Yes. Like, with your hands, or do you shoot them? Shoot them. And hit them with pickaxes, but mostly shoot them. Depending on your levels. I played it for a little bit. Well, it's not, depending on, I mean, it's not depending on your levels. It's depending on how fast you can grab a gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean by level. Yeah. Are they like guns? Or are they like hot dog guns? No, they're no, like- they're guns, guns. <laughs> I love that. They're, they're guns, guns. I'm writing that down. Bob, Bobby said hot dog guns. Bobby <laughs> just wants to meet, you know, in case meat thrown at people. No, I, the- I, 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 when people make references to Fortnite, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. When I don't we get off air, about- when we get off air, I will send you some videos of me playing Fortnite. That's so, okay. So I, believe, wait, I believe you. Yeah, no, you're getting them anyways. Please, please no don't do that. I'm doing that to him. I'm doing no, that to him. He doesn't have to no, click play. Send him Minecraft. That'll really fuck his head. I've never oh, played Minecraft. I, I, know, I, I have a six year old. I know what the I, he he plays Minecraft, and I look at it, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And like the robot voice, is like, and I'm like, and he watches people play it online, and I don't even know what the fuck. He's like, "Look, Daddy." That's a uh, that's a pig. I'm like, that's a fucking pig, and he's like, and then there's like a green guy with a, a sad face, and then uh, he's like, I got a pickaxe. I'm like, cool, and I try to like, I tried to engage with him on it, and I don't understand shit. And then, but I, but he's got Mario Kart, and I play that with him, and I tried to get him into Tetris because Tetris is the one video game. Mario Kart and Tetris are the two video games I like, and. Uh, because I beat the shit out of him at Mario Kart, and he does well, not like you that at beat, all. You beat the shit out of your small child at Mario Kart. You're a horrible Look, human. That no, is parenting at its best. Yeah, dude, you teach that kid. Fucking best. You got to teach, teach him what's your up. Kids to lose. 
Yeah, I agree with that. But here, here is also a thing about my fucking kid, though. Like my kid is so fucking good at video games; it's insane. Like he has beaten. He is six years old. He has beaten all three Little Big Planets. We beat Ducktales together. Um, he has beaten Marvel the Lego game. He beat that. He beat uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He just—I've never beat a fucking game in my life <laughs> until I beat Ducktales with him, and he beat—he's six, and he's beaten like five games. And I've got—I bought him Pokemon Sword, and he's halfway through that shit now. Like you buy him something, and he just fucking crushes it. It's—it's it's insane, and like I, it's cool that he's got that ability that he can just fucking wreck shop on shit because my brain does not work that way. Well, you are—you also don't have six-year-old reflexes. A lot of it's in the. I fucking- also just. What is that? Uh, but, uh, this is going to go back to that bullshit athletic proudness thing. Six-year-old reflexes? Really? Yeah. My six-year-old nephew could barely catch a fucking ball without smashing it in his face. Don't tell me six-year-old reflexes, dude. I will. I will. You have kids. You know they're they're not. They're still learning. They're still learning their little reflexes. Oh, well, I do not have kids, especially none I have hit child support on. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sadly, sadly. Thankfully, I don't pay child support on your kids either. Um, but no, it's it's wild to watch him do that shit. And whenever some games come up, he'll tell me all about it. He knows how to do the fucking dance and stuff. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm flossing, daddy. And I, was like, <laughs> oh. I was like, bro, what the fuck is that? Goes, I'm, I'm flossing, flossing I was like, daddy. I'm flossing, I was like, daddy. What, what the? I was like, what the fuck is a floss? And he goes, it's a Fortnite dance. I was like, okay. Dude, whatever whatever came about, did they get sued for using that dance? They got sued for using the Carlton dance. Alfonso Ribeiro. Not the flossing dance? Because I heard that kid was trying to sue him. I don't know about that one, but Alfonso Ribeiro definitely sued them over the Carlton dance. Well, because it's called the Carlton. But the flossing with the kid with the backpack. Apparently, he was trying to get paid off of that. I mean, he may have sued as well. I didn't look into that one. I just thought it was... And, and, and by the way, Bobby, not to cut you off, man, I'm sorry, but I literally only follow this shit because I absolutely, for some reason, love following lawsuits. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's it's the fucking dramatic writer in me. I don't know. But it, it's like, apparently, this flossing got bigger with Fortnite, and it was the kid with the backpack in the whatever fucking award ceremony there was. MTV, he would he did it live, and that was like his thing. Was it Madonna or Lady Gaga? I don't remember what it was. Good fucking time. Out, where does it, they call him a backpack kid. He, he's the one that came up with that dance, and Fortnite apparently got popped because he's trying. he was trying to copyright the dance. Oh, that's rough. Uh, I got to pee again. I'll be back in a second. Proud of you. <laughs> Proud that he's not yeah, pissing it's, himself. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's funny because that's how. I, that's literally how I got into Fortnite. I was like, wait, what's going on with this? What? Like, one, the kid annoyed the shit out of me because I think it's the stupidest dance ever. Because it's not a dance. No, it's a. It, it, it's a spasm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. It's definitely a spasm. You know, and then the kid was like, legit. Like, I get it. If he came up with it, fair. Good on him. 
because I never seen that anywhere else. So if Fortnite doesn't comply, I and that's literally why I started playing Fortnite. And I'm like, this this game is is like a it's like a simplified version of besides the battle royale aspect, which I totally get. Simplified version of every Full Metal, Call of Duty, all that. You know, it's 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 amazing how it really has taken its own life. Like I, I appreciate it 100%. I think it's a cool game. I'm just not the type of person playing. I like storylines for sure. Sense. Like I, I'm, I was huge into, and I'm still, I do that whenever I'm not feeling creative or I, I feel like I need a little boost. I'll play Assassin's Creed. Their storyline through everything is just uh, Assassin's Creed, God of War, Spider-Man, because it just just follows those storylines. Like I love, like I'm I'm literally in in the process of trying to write different storylines for video games right now, and that's why I can't knock them because no, you shouldn't. More like like Bioshock. There's so many of them out. Fallout. There, you know? Fucking. Did Fallout, you play? Did yeah, you play yeah. Fallout Four? I don't play them. I I love to like. I'll go like I'll purposely go on and look for videos of just the storylines. Did you okay? Did you see the storyline for Fallout Four? I haven't seen it all. No. Okay, spoilers. We'll just throw the spoiler alert out no, there. Don't do it. Don't do it because I literally just ordered it because I want to play it too. Well, but it's like uh, the, like I, I won't, the- God damn it! I won't. If you're gonna play it, I'm not gonna spoil it for you because there's a major fucking twist in the goddamn game that is right, um, look, beautiful don't, writing. Don't, beautiful don't, writing. Don't, then don't don't M Night Shyamalan ding dong me because I want to I want to see the twist. Are you gonna play Fallout Four? I'm go- I'm gonna play it because I like the storylines. Oh, like, it- I 100 like I'm you can, a lot of these and I, and I learned my lesson. Here's here's where I learned my lesson. I played World of Warcraft for a year, and then I realized, okay, fuck you, expansions. You want more of my money? Obviously. Two, it's a business. I'm not going to go pick, like, as much as I love being a, a, a herbologist and, uh, you know, a, a chemist and a dark elf and all, I'm, I'm not going to go fucking pick flowers in a game. Right? Or fish. Or, or all of the fishing was fun. I have to say the fishing was kind of weird and fun. But it's <laughs> funny because it's funny that Oblivion is the only reason why I started playing using an Xbox. Because they have that in Oblivion, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like, like wow." But here's where, here's where my my mind kind of drifted. I was like, "What if I didn't do any of these side tasks and just played the story?" And that's what got me hooked. So now, like, even with like Assassin's Creed, I'll play and I'll be like, "All right, what's my next? What's my next like mission?" Right, and I would only do the missions. I wouldn't go around and fuck around, even though there's a lot of shit to do, because they they put so much in these games. I I was absolutely enamored by the storylines, and that's did you just shit yourself? I think he did. Who? You? What was that? That was impressive. There's some bass to that, Bobby. Was that you? I, I burped. Was that that was a burp? No, I'm 
damn, I didn't even yeah. see his mouth move. That was impressive. Right? Scott, what the fuck? I, was I, I held it in. <laughs> For what, two hours? <laughs> fuck! I, I didn't even open my mouth. I held it in. The fuck? <laughs> Dude, don't do that. That's I'm how you die. That's how you <laughs> die. Then you die. <laughs> well, that's how much whiskey I've had during the show so much. I'm on beer number five. This is how much... Uh, I don't know why I dug into the $50 bottle for doing the show, but meh. Because uh, we make you feel fancy, boo-boo. I know. None of you have tits that I want to see. And Cheers. Bow. The last time I did this show, our friend Brandon drank uh, a bottle of Trader Joe's whiskey. He did. I provided I'm that for him. I do a whole bottle of tequila. So. I have a bottle of Casadores sitting on the bar, too. I specifically got this for you guys because I could drink this and talk. Nice. What is that? The Casadores Añejo. What kind of? It's tequila. Oh, I don't, I'm not re- I don't really know tequila at all, so. I know. It doesn't know me either. <laughs> it takes advantage of me every time without consent. It's it does. It does. It is a fucking asshole. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, like I was saying, it's like, I, I, I love the storylines. I legit, like this morning I wrote down some notes and I'm like, why, why don't we take everything? I'm going to apologize. This is my disclaimer right now. I'm not, I don't want to talk about fucking politics. Or, or religion. But what if we created a video game where we could take all the stupid shit Trump has said that he denies and turn it into like a video game? Like the the like there's already one called Mogul, there's already like Empire. There's I mean, do you really want to play a video game where you drink bleach? Yes. That's the whole point. Nobody can get hurt for real. Well, no, but, no. Anyone who's willing to drink bleach I'm okay with them getting hurt for real. But like, imagine like a video game where you can give people those choices. I mean, think, I mean, let's, let's go back to the original. What's Wait, I have one? a question trails, before you get started. What's trails? What's trails? Oregon trail. Oregon trail. Uh, Bobby yeah, has a question. Hold a on. Hold on. Bobby has a question. Yeah, go ahead, Bobby. How much weed did you, how much weed did you smoke when you came up with this idea? None. This is all based on alcohol, not marijuana, okay. motherfucker. No, this is when I wake no, up. Bobby, this is this is the one part of anxiety. That's how I channel it. I get, oh, okay. I get weird thoughts. I get weird thoughts and write them the fuck down. If not, I, get, I lose my fucking mind. But imagine, yes, Oregon Trail. Remember, remember the, the infamous... What's that? Joshua Headley has a whole song about this. Shout out to Joshua Headley, the fucking baddest man in Nashville. It's called Weird Thought Thinker. There you go. There you go. There you go. Here's let's. Wow, we're doing a little bit more of that. Joshua uh, Headley. Joshua Headley. Boom. Tag him on. That's it, man. You buy that fucking record. Are you listening to that shit, Mister Jukebox? Best country music of uh, two thousand and. What year is it? <laughs> I did. I did say what year is it? I don't know anymore. No, he he needs to write a follow up. He's incredible. He's incredible <laughs> so, of how good it is. If you like old school, if you like old school George Jones, right in your fucking wheelhouse. Nice. But Pedro was saying about stories. Yes. Yes. So 
the no about the 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 political mogul. I don't, I don't want to even put his name on it, but I definitely want to use all the the weird shit he's talked about and make him choices. Like, would you like this? Is it so? Imagine like Oregon Trail died of dysentery. Can you imagine when that pops up and died of bleach or Clorox? You know, died of COVID. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. Hey, any Twitch watchers, y'all know anybody can make this shit happen? I got the story. Uh, quarantine Trail 2020. Quarantine <laughs> Trail. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's. I think it would be hilarious and, and brilliant because no matter how much of the bullshit we put out, like grab him by the pussy, that'll be in there, and he's gonna deny all of it anyway. So, uh, and if and if he so much as comes around and goes. I have intellectual property or rights to any of that. That means he's admitting guilt for being a dumbass. No, no, he's not admitting guilt. He's just admitting ownership to his guilt. <laughs> I don't think he's guilty about grabbing him about the pussy at all. all right, fuck you. You're not a lawyer. I'm gonna find a lawyer. I'm a Jew. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note we're about that time we're gonna call last call on this motherfuckers what (laughs) yeah we're gonna call last call we didn't even talk about sex yet (laughs) Uh, we talked a little about sex yeah fair I mean we could no one wants to hear three dudes talk about sex someone might someone's into it look but really we're gonna call last call go ahead call last call we're gonna call last call yeah, we should do a part two. How's oh, that? we can definitely do a part two. I just we're already at two hours and sixteen minutes. And Are we really? Oh yeah, that's how fast this motherfucker went. Motherfucker, bro. All right, Pedro. Where can they find you what? on social media and all that shit? Where they can find your new projects, your uh, old projects? You could, you could find uh, you can find me on the dark web under I will fuck your mother. You can find. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, if my mom, my mom needs to get laid, as long as you're going to be safe about it and there's going to be no COVID-19, I'll pay for it. Um, I'll send you an invoice. Cool. <laughs> Happy birthday, mom. Love you, mom. Hey, I understand. I respect that my mother is a human that has sexual needs as well. And if you're willing to provide that for her, cool. I'm willing to pay service for providers. You're a good son. All right. <laughs> we all got here due to people having unprotected sex. We might as well respect the fact that the people who brought us into this world like to fuck. Wait. So before before last call, then I don't mean to cut you off. But like, seriously, how's this affecting your show? I was curious about that. Like, I know we started that Facebook group, or Bobby invited me to it. How's it affecting your show? How's it affecting podcast in general? So podcast numbers are down across the board because the majority of the audio content is consumed by people that are at work, that are commuting from work. People Mm -hmm. don't want to just shove me into their ear holes while they're sitting around their home bored. But I've seen an uptick in my video content. Ah, okay. But at the end of the day, I love you guys. I love both of you. I love everyone who's tuning in. I hate doing remote episodes. Well, obviously, there's the less of a personal touch, right? But let me. Let this me ask show you is something. all about getting fucking so shit housed in person. I, let me ask you. So I, I see, and I see this trend, 
and I've seen it for a while, obviously, because I, I keep an eye on this shit because uh, I'm a producer. But why why have podcasts, even after iTunes did the whole dump, why have I, uh, I, I uh, sorry, podcasts not fully evolved into video streaming? Like, why is it not videocast? Like, I know they're already out there. I know there's several that are out there, and clearly those are the ones that are making – have better, you know – Now I wouldn't say better content, honest, but they do have more viewers, more followers. Not, nece- not necessarily. I mean – No, because so, I've, I've worked – I've actually had to film some. But, uh, last okay. podcast on the left. The last podcast on the left. I shot their last live event. Nice. You know, and granted, they're like what the tie in the top fucking five or some shit. Yeah, they make roughly sixty thousand dollars a month in Patreon money alone. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Why haven't more podcast folks adapted that? Because well, part of what's beautiful and horrible about the podcasting industry is the low barrier of entry to get into podcasting. So there are a ton of fucking podcasters that are just doing this with a fucking blue yeti and their laptop. They are. You know, it's, it would be if you were in person, me and you on my one fucking mic, sharing the mic, no post-production work, no cleaning it up, no polishing it. Apple doesn't give a fuck. There's such a low barrier of entry. Do you know how much? I, I mean, I don't no, need you, to bitch you, my audience, but I, lo- I love my audience. I do a lot of fucking work to do, make this fucking happen every week. No, no, I, look, I, I know. I have a couple friends that do them, and every time they ask me, I'm like, Sure. I, well, Pedro, I don't. Time, one, have you ever, one time I feel like I'm talent because I'm not doing anything to help, but I I, I see all the hard work that goes into right. it. Right. You you watch the episode with Bobby, Kate, and Brandon. That is a three camera shoot. A lot of cutting. That is a three a camera shoot. Yeah. Do you know who there did all the cutting? All the post production work on that. This fucking guy. Yeah, and now and then you you actually I mean it went it was live last summer late summer and you just put it out in april uh so I, I no that one it. that one was recorded in february was it in february mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah yeah you're right but still yeah it was when i was in it was just it was just put out in april though uh, and, and that's what a lot of people don't yeah it says april 22nd no 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 that that, that was come out, that came out a couple of weeks ago that was definitely not april 22nd it was april no no we just put up a post and made it public to everyone for free the, oh okay I the initial you. release okay. was a couple months ago, Bobby encouraged me to make that one free because, you know, hey, I'm willing to promote my friends. Oh, I got you. So you're making it free. I got right. you. Normally, that my video sense. versions are behind a paywall on Vimeo. Gotcha. That makes sense. But e- even with that, like, clearly you understand that. But I see so many other people in the, in the industry of podcasts where I'm like, why, why don't you make it if your podcast is free? Why not make the video free and then branch out into other aspects of what you're capable of well for me for me like my audio is free the video versions i charge they're behind a paywall because how many fucking hours it takes to cut that video okay like i have but i also run my video versions ad free the audio versions have ads gotcha so if you want to experience it in full hd you want to experience the wild because people get naked on the fucking live shows or the the video shows, not Bobby, obviously. Sadly, Bobby didn't want to get naked because he's like, ah, I have a reputation to protect hey, or some shit. 
What'd you say? What'd you, what the fuck? What, bitch? Oh, oh, Bobby, come on. Participate. <laughs> Man today. Man today. This is how we get kicked off Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> but. Look. Sorry, Twitch. Right? If I get kicked off, I get kicked off. It is what it is. But I felt because how, how much more work goes into the video versions, how much more that I'm running them ad free, that I put them behind a paywall, which has been a mixed bag for me because when you have shows like Rogan or Fighter and the Kid or any of the big podcasts giving away their video content for free, it's hard to compete. It's hard to sell. Why should Sorry. I pay 99 cents an episode where I can get a fucking episode of Rogan for free? But I value my content, and I feel if you want the audio, you can have that for free. If you want to, if you value my work, or you value how much effort I got to put into cutting a video episode, yeah, you know, you'll give me ninety nine fucking cents, or really sixty cents after Vimeo takes their cut. I, I totally understand, but Matt, I gotta tell you something. We need a part two because I gotta go take a shit. Well, we're gonna actually we called last call already, so we're gonna sign off in this motherfucker. Pedro, tell them where you can find their shit, where you can find you on social media. Uh, uh, Aki Productions, uh, Out of Step. We got to revamp the website, but Out of Step. Out of Step.com? Out of Step with Robert Dean. Out of Step with Robert Dean. Out of Step with Robert. But it's going to be re, re, it's got to be revamped because our original concept, it's very different now. Uh, Out of Step with Robert Dean. Key Productions, Get It Girl Productions, Pedro Lucero. Uh, that's pretty much anywhere you can find me. Just Google me. I'm, I'm on IMDb as much as I hate that. Hey, guess what? You'll get an IMDb credit for this too. So I need it. You know what I need, Matt? I need your help. Okay. I need your help getting me on the porn database because I don't know how to maneuver that thing. Yeah, I'm on that too. I know you are. That's why I'm asking you. Because, you know, I'm credited now. Good on you. Good on you. I'm a fucking, I'm a porn DP. Boom. Boom. Robert Dean, throw the, throw the socials out. Uh, you can find me writing for places like Cleaver and Blade, Last Real Indians, Mike.com, uh, soon to be Vice. You can find me at Forbes. You can look, just Google my name and I'm all over the fucking internet. I have a new book coming out relatively probably in the next like year, a book of essays that it's going to be called Whiskey Nights and Rodeos. Uh, please pay attention to the developing thing with Out of Step. And if you would like to do the social media dance, um, you can find me at Instagram at literally Robert Dean or on Facebook uh, where I think it's Robert Dean's world. But you'll see a big guy covered in tattoos and it's usually me. Thank and and for, for those of you in quarantine you. that are looking for something to eat, Bobby can fucking cook. This dude knows his food. So definitely check out literally Robert Dean on Instagram. For I, sure. I, I'm going to do cooking. I'm going to do cooking videos. I just really need someone to shoot them. That's the problem. As I did, I did one. I made steak, but my angles were fucked up. It was so ugly, but I would Make your I would fucking roommate do some people. work. That's where I would love that, to see that's people. Love, Matt. That's a whole. Yeah, yeah, just call me and I'll I'll walk you through it. <laughs> you got to walk him through it, not Bobby. Uh, Bobby's the talent. 
No, uh, Bob, Bob, I can walk Bobby through it. That's not a big deal. But because I, I did it and the angles suck, but I would love to teach people how to cut because it's easy if you like are willing to take the time to learn. But yes, thank you for paying attention to me and I love you all. And hopefully right. we'll be seeing you on television very soon. Hell yeah. Last, que- last question for everybody. And I hope people respond to you, Matt. I want your answer. I want Bobby's answer. What's everybody's quarantine go-to comfort food? I think mine has been fried chicken because I seem to have gotten it a lot, either between Cane's or there's a place here in Austin called Tumble 22, which is incredible. Um, I've been making a lot of steak. I've been making a lot of pasta, but we seem to eat fried chicken a lot, which I don't know why, because it's, it's something that I like, but I just keep eating it more than I ever have. That's great. I got to take a shit. <laughs> well, Pedro doesn't even wait around for my answer. I've been eating a metric fuck ton of kimchi. I ate seven pounds of kimchi in three weeks. Nice. I, I had kimchi. I made a bowl the other day when it was. Um, I, look, this is my comfort food right now. Well, yeah, that's my. I mean, this <laughs> is my real comfort. Like, this is the. Re- I love you, girl. But in all Old reality, glory. we got to sign off on this motherfucker before I get too much more post production work for myself. Until next week, you know where you can find me on social media. Drink up, motherfuckers. We're going to call this bitch.